Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Coming to you live from Ocean Casino Resort, Atlantic City, Top Golf. You can see the ocean behind me. You see the Ferris wheel. I might take a run over the Ferris wheel at some point during the show. You see D Gun right there at Top Golf. And we will be joined shortly by Barrett Brooks. We'll be joined shortly by James Palmer uh, from the NFL Network. What a day, Derek. I-, I couldn't start the show without giving it to you. We are eight hours away now, my friend. We're in That's what I expected. Digits. That's what single I expected. Single digits, yes. But see, you're, you're, you're wrong, Rob. I hate to say I've never said, in the history of us working on this show together, I've never told you you are wrong about time. But it, technically, we are seven hours, 59 minutes away. We're not eight hours anymore. Look so. at you. <laughs> is on it. He is on it, baby. Yes. So, uh, yeah. See, everybody. What's up, JK? What's up, Dion? What's up, Lee? What's up, CJ, Duck, Sweenball, Television Man, uh, Steve, Ike, whoever I, whoever I missed. I'm sorry. They're going fast and furious as usual. And again, a couple minutes will be joined by James Palmer. Here's what we have for you today. James Palmer from the NFL Network coming up shortly. What's up, Anthony? What's up, Jeremy? What's up, Brett? Uh, we'll have James Palmer shortly. James had a very interesting insight yesterday, Gunner, regarding right. the Eagles draft specific yep. to Paris Johnson, B. John Robinson, etc. Yep. So he's going to be joining us in, in a couple minutes. One o'clock, Chris Franklin from NJ.com, Eagles beat writer. Yep. And then, of course, our own guy, John McMullen from Birds 365 with Jody McDonald each and every Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., John will be joining us at 2 p.m. So we are we're loaded. We are loaded for bear. By the way, let me remind everybody tonight, starting at 8 o'clock, 8 p.m., our Jacob draft special, D-Gun. That will include you, me, yep. Mark Farzetta, uh, along with the man himself, Seth Joyner, and John McMullen checking in from the Novacare Complex where all the, all, everything's going to be going down. So uh, it is going to be on, man. It's on all day long. And as we go through the show, Gunner, we're just going to be updating people on any rumors we're hearing or anything like that. And there's a, there's a possibility Barry Brooks could be joining us yes. throughout the evening periodically as well. Yes. So we have a, a cast of who's who's, the, the famous, the infamous, uh, and you you name it. I mean, I fall under both categories. Yeah, who's so. infamous? I want to hear this. Oh, I, I put myself right there in that infamous category. I'm I'm gonna I'm be honest with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I would fall in that category as well. Um, so yeah, like I said, we'll have uh, we'll have James in a little bit. Of course, uh, we we will always sneak in some Phillies insights with James too uh, towards the very end. Nice comeback win for them last night. Gunner, crazy night again. And NBA playoffs once again. It was total insanity. Uh, 
Jimmy Butler lost his mind again, but I got yep. I got two bones to pick with the referee. You know me. I'm very down the middle when it comes to Wisconsin teams, Rob. Um, but we can talk about it real quick now. We can talk about it later if you want. Yeah. Uh, you decide. But I have two bones to pick with the referees. All right, let's use that as a teaser. All right, okay. we're gonna we're gonna hear what what got your got your uh, your your ire last night uh, from what went down. But still, uh, uh, I was almost too much, man. Four games, I, I was I was in overload, Derek. It was like uh, boom, 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 and I'm going back and forth. Phillies are coming back. It was a crazy night uh, in general, that's for sure. But it was a lot of fun. There is no question about that. Um, but the, look, the the big story here is, as they would say on Action News, is the draft tonight. And as we count down right now, uh, seven hours, uh, let's see, seven hours, 55 minutes, and 30 seconds. I'll give you that. Draft, but but who's counting? Yeah. Um, we sit here right now at number 10 and number 30 for the Eagles, and it, it could go a million different ways. And that is not just me trying to hype this thing up. They could trade up. They could trade down. They could grab B. John Robinson. They could take an offensive lineman. They could try to make a move for an edge rusher. There could be guys gone that we thought were still going to be there. There could be guys still sitting there, falling as they do each and every year. And, and we just don't know. You know, plain and simple, we just don't know. And that's the beauty of this. That's what makes this tonight, especially when you have a good team and you're still picking a 10, so unique, Derek, and so much fun. You know, a lot of people refer to this as NFL draft day. I refer to it as cloak and dagger day. <laughs> because now, between now and the time the draft kicks off, there's going to be so many rumors about who teams are going to pick, who's going to trade up, who's going to trade down, who's going to move out of the first round. It's like you can't keep up with all the information you're going to see about social media. This is one of the few things that I love about social media, the Twitter platform, is that it serves its purpose on a day. As you know, I don't care much for social media in a lot of ways. I use the tool because I have to because of my trade. Right. But I don't care for social media a lot. But when it comes to stuff like this, a draft day, uh, game game day, playoff scenario, stuff like that, this is the purpose because everybody who's anybody in the media world is on Twitter trying to get information out first. And then there's a lot of people you never heard of who are putting information out that you have to start chasing shadows and, and talking to the people you trust and respect to give you information as well. So if nothing else... Today is a kind of day that makes the hours go by faster. Mm -hmm. We all go through days where, man, it seems like this day is just dragging on, man. But not today, man. It's going to be fast. It's like the movie, Fast and Furious all day today. Yes, absolutely. And, Tone, you just let me know when James pops up because I can't uh, see them with my setup right now. Um, so, yeah, there, look, there is, there is a lot going on, man. That is for sure. And there's a lot of excitement here with what's happening uh, with this team. And you're right. You know what makes it even more of a challenge, Derek, is yeah. <laughs> because we're in a situation where uh, uh, all right, James is ready to roll. Yes. So uh, let's bring James up and he is ready to rock and roll. James Palmer from the there NFL. Oh, uh, look at the tie too. That's a, that is a draft night, strong tie. He's rocking right there. Yes. I, I appreciate, I appreciate that guys. I don't know if it's very echoey here in the, in the media hut, uh, but I got a green sport coat too. So I'm, I'm, I'm full Eagles mode today. I like that Gunner was like, today's going to go fast. I'm the only idiot yeah. here since like 10 this morning. <laughs> like, this ain't moving real quick for me, Gunner. I'm going to be here for a long time. Well, well, well I, I, I respect you, my man. Fast, faster for you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I respect you, my man. But you, you got that, you've got that NFL corporate look out today, which I expect oh, yeah. nothing less. And I can't yeah. wait to go back and forth with you on information you're hearing and so on and so forth. 
Love having you on the show. You know, that goes without saying. I appreciate it, guys. Man, I, I, I Rob always hits me up, and then I'm like, like, why doesn't this happen more often, man? Like, I, we always have a blast. We do. We do. And look, you've been all over this. And if people, again, just to reiterate, you're anchored down at the Novacare Complex. You will be, you know, full-blown Eagles coverage tonight. But I was watching – I'm watching – I always watch your reports. I always check out everything you're doing on social media. But I was watching your reports last night, James, especially with knowing that you're going to be the Eagles guy. You've been throwing some nice little tidbits out there, man, uh, a couple of them. Now, one – and I know you're an Ohio State grad as well, how connected you are with the program. But I'll start with this one. One of the names that you're hearing that the Eagles have a great deal of interest in is Paris Johnson. So can you just expand a little bit on that one? Yeah, and, and listen, Philly is not alone in falling in love with Paris Johnson. I mean, and especially there are teams ahead of them uh, that love Paris Johnson. Now the hard part is, and I heard you guys breaking this down a little bit. We don't know. And we don't know really starts at two. What happens at two will decide what ends up happening for Philly and a lot of the teams between them, but they, they really do like Paris because he fills an immediate need after playing an entire year at right guard for Ohio state. He could play right guard tomorrow and start for the Eagles. And then say Lane plays two more years and retires, he'd be your right tackle for the next decade or could play left. And I think that's the thing people need to remember. Like most teams I talk to go Paris is a left tackle all day. But if you played right guard for an entire season, I'm pretty sure you could play on the right side uh, and, and play the right tackle position. Um, he has unbelievable athletic ability for a guy that's six, six, 313. I remember him telling me, he was like, in high school, I was a receiver. And then I was a tight end. And I feel like I couldn't catch. So they just kept moving me closer to the ball <laughs> in the middle of the field. But like, that just shows you how well he can move. And I think he has those, tr those special traits that Jeff Stoutland can go, okay, and I'll fix this and I'll make him a little bit stronger here. And then playing between Kelson and Lane, I think would be just the, the, the perfect spot because his football character is through the roof. Now, I think if they want him, they're going to have to move up. Mm -hmm. All right. See, James, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because, as you know, people here in the Philadelphia area are so blinded with the B. John Robinson uh, talk. <laughs> I might have played a part in that. I'm not <laughs> well, you know, I understand why. He's a phenomenal talent. But historically, we know how this team likes to build a, a roster, number one. Number two, I don't look at a Paris Johnson, and I've been saying I'm down to two players. I have been for more than a week, as Rob will tell you. Jalen Carter, Paris Johnson, there's a possibility you may have to get up to move to, to get one of them. But Paris Johnson, to me, is not a luxury pick. I mean, let's go back to last season for just a moment. Lane Johnson somehow, someway, finds a way yeah. to play with that injury. What if it was deemed that he could not play? Mm -hmm. To me, the Eagles don't get to the Super Bowl without Lane Johnson mm -hmm. on the right side of their offensive line because we saw what Jack Driscoll was on that right side. He played better at guard, had all kinds of problems at, at, at right tackle. Andre Dillard mentally could not play right tackle. So you, were, you would have been in a world of hurt. You know, had not had Lane Johnson not sucked it up. You get a guy like Paris Johnson, Jeff Stoutman's going to cross-train him, first of all, guard tackle. Yeah. There's no guarantee that Lane Johnson is going to survive a whole season. If you look at his recent history, he's been up and down. He went out with mm -hmm. the issues, obviously, dealing with depression. He has battled through a number of injuries, but he's missed games as well. That is not a luxury pick. That's a pick of need if you go offensive mm -hmm. line, plain and simple. I think one of the things that hasn't been spoken about enough in Philadelphia is how remarkably healthy this team was last year. Like, I don't think you get that injury luck each and every year. I think as a whole, you mentioned Lane and, and what he was able to come back from, but like as a whole, they didn't have to battle injury 
all that much. That's no. not an every yeah. season type of thing. So I do think that that kind of answers your question in cross training guys. And the other thing that I kind of heard was like Cam Jurgens playing right guard is not a slam dunk, like right. that it's going to work. Um, and I think a lot of people just assume that right away. And that's no slight to Cam. He wasn't able to cross train last year because Kelsey was out with the elbow and he had to run with the ones playing starting center, you know, most of camp. I will tell you this, he dominated. <laughs> he played really yeah. well. I was at yeah. the joint, I was at the joint practices in Cleveland against, uh, against the Browns and he was phenomenal playing center, but he couldn't get in there at right guard to really practice a whole lot there. So yeah, Paris would be a need and a fit. And I don't say it's a luxury. It's just going like, it's kind of like what they did with Jordan Davis, like take great talent. Yep. When you already have somebody there, absolutely somebody there might only be there for a year or two, but, but it doesn't matter if you can build your team that way. That's why I do think they can be a little bit more at play with the risk they take. And maybe that's Jalen Carter at 10, yeah. right? Yeah. Because of the character issues. And listen, I've heard a lot more than I can report. Um, and, and, and the things that, that go on with him off the field, the talent is undeniable. Um, and I think Philly does do some things in the draft process that other teams don't do. Uh, so I do think some of the stuff that they do during official visits give them a pretty good idea to make a decision on Jalen. Yeah, yeah. With with that in mind, James, is there a possibility that Carter's there at ten in your estimation Ooh. and or close if they deem him, if they vet him properly, if they believe in the off the field stuff? Do you believe he might fall that far? Um, there's a chance. Uh, I think if and Howie, I, I'm told it is is calling to move up. My guess, and this isn't for certain, this was kind of twisted yesterday by some people taking one of my reports uh, online. Um, I, my guess is it would be for Paris or Jalen to move up. I don't know who else you would move up for. Right. Um, I don't think anybody else is worthy of the capital to move up. And now some people also are like, Philly's only got six picks. How do you move up? Well, they got an extra two next year that they could use to try to move up. They, the capital that they're expecting to have, 12 picks in the 2024 draft, they have the ability, even with limited picks this year, to move up. Those are the two that I think you would move up for. The team I have my eye on is is Seattle at five for Jalen Carter. Um, I know Pete Carroll really, really likes him. Um, I know that they have no problem picking guys that maybe have some character questions. I mean, they picked Frank Clark and he got kicked out of Michigan. Um, Leek McDowell, I was there. And he never played a snap for them. They picked him in the second round because of some of the stuff. Now, picking him at five is a different deal. But they also feel like they're not going to be up there picking very often, and they never are. So maybe they take a chance. I think that's your main competition. I know there's some teams in the top ten that I've spoken with that they have already told me flat out we're not picking Jeff Carter. You know, see, um, I asked I asked a couple of people on the inside over at Novacare. I said, "Do you worry about Jalen Carter's off the field history?" And what I was told was, performance equals tolerance, which means if he can perform at the level everybody anticipates him performing at, then they feel that they can get him on the right track. There's enough veteran presence in that locker room to steer him on the right track, to keep him away from some of the things that we've heard about him. And that says a lot because as we know, the Eagles are a very high culture type team. They, they spew mm-hmm. that time and time again. We want high quality, high culture guys. When you look at the type of guys they bring in by way of the draft and free agency, very, very seldom, do you have a guy who's a a blotter in terms of being a national news story for the wrong reason under this regime? It was the case under Doug Peterson. It's been the case so far under Nick Sirianni. But in mm-hmm. this case, because of that veteran presence, when I'm talking about the Kelsey's, Elaine Johnson's, Fletcher, Brandon Graham, 
Darius Slain, Bradbury, so on and so forth. These are high character guys. Okay. And you need big bro- you need that big brother mentality when you have a guy who's been the big dog in a big pond. And even though he would be a high draft pick, he starts off as a little dog in a big pond. So you don't want to step out of line when you're trying to make your debut in the NFL, especially in a highly publicized, highly critical market like Philadelphia. And I think he knows, you know, his reputation heading into the league. And sometimes that can turn a, a guy around uh, because they don't want that reputation. or They don't want to live to that. I mean, we're, we're kind of stealing what I'm going to say on NFL Network at the bottom of the hour, which if you have to remember, Gunnar, what you're talking about is the, the, the culture of this locker room yep. and the leaders that they have was a big reason why some of these guys left in free agency because Howie didn't want to do any deals during the season because yep. he didn't want to mess with the culture and the right. and the chemistry of the locker room. If that doesn't show you the importance of of kind of that locker room and what it did in terms of the Super Bowl right. run, you could maybe lean on that in a sense. I don't know if there's going to be like an added like side salary for Nicobe Dean to help mm-hmm. babysit Jalen Carter. I'm not sure if that like money gets transferred or something maybe into a different portion <laughs> of his deal. Um I get but, it every but, day uh, with these guys. Yeah, James, yeah. Just so you know. <laughs> yes. exactly. Like, but but I do know Jalen thinks the world of Nicobe Dean, and, and so I do think they will have some pretty good intel if both these guys shoot them straight, uh, and Dean and, and Jordan Davis, and they have been around that program a lot over the last couple of years. They've spent a lot of time down there. One thing I will tell you guys, like Kirby Smart has been shooting teams very straight mm-hmm. on his opinion on Jalen on Carter. So from what I'm hearing. Georgia is not sugarcoating or changing the narrative on Jalen. So teams, I think, are pretty aware of of uh, of, the, of the player that they'd be getting and the person that they're be getting. So now it's who wants to pull the trigger on them. And, and guys, I will also add this to the Jalen Carter equation as well. I think we agree in unison that Dom DeSandro is the best in the league <laughs> in terms of background checks on players. He's phenomenal. If he gives a Jalen Carter pick the green light, that tells me that they're okay with what he's he's done in the past. The past is the past, and he's ready to move forward. Um, There's nobody who does any better than than Dom in terms of checking up on the history of players, background, good or bad on players, and telling Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, and the draft draft scouts yes or no. You know, Dom is very blunt about his opinions Mm -hmm. on people. And so if they if, if they get Jalen Carter tonight, that tells me that they're satisfied that what Dom has told them is exactly what they expect from this young man moving forward. Real quick, I will say this, like to piggyback off that, I think that's something, and I want to say this quickly, that that maybe casual fans don't understand that differentiates different organizations. Yes. Are the people that you may not really know about. It's also the individuals that did this Jalen Hurts contract. Uh, and those two that really in the front office are the cap guys and the cap gurus here. Those type of people in your building really different are not equal in every building across the NFL. And if you have those type of people in those roles, that that is how you have more success than some yeah. other teams. Mm. James, we've now gone 19 plus minutes into the show, and I haven't re- legitimately asked you a question about Bijan Robinson, which is always—it's <laughs> almost. I, I may be taken out of here in cuffs for for, yeah. for waiting this long. I know people are driving going nuts about it. Your estimation, you talk to a lot of people. You're obviously very in tune with what's going on here. And, and I know that there's an unpredictability and a volatility to the draft that can change a lot of things. All that preamble. In your estimation, is there a likelihood that B. John Robinson is a Philadelphia Eagle when this night's over? There's a for sure a chance. The interest mm-hmm. is real. 
Um, I do know that they're not alone in their range. Um, and I mean that as in like in their range, I don't want to give anything away. There could be somebody behind them that really likes them and moves up two spots or somebody right in front of them takes them or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. around them, there are teams that are, that have fallen in love. And the thing that, that, and, and Albert Breer probably put this perfect, my good buddy and fellow Buckeye over at SI, <laughs> um, about how the Eagles were interested in McCaffrey in 2017 and catching, catching ability was, was a big part of that and his route running. I know some teams that privately worked out Bijan. And they barely did a single thing during the workout in terms of him as a running back. And most of the workout was lining him up all over the place, making him a mismatch in the passing game. The head coach of Texas think he has the, thinks he has the best hands on the team. I'm not saying he's Christian McCaffrey in terms of a route runner from a running back standpoint. I don't know if anybody is. Um, but I do think there are plenty of teams in this league that think he is a surefire mismatch. Um out there. And I think I helped stir some of this Bijan stuff because I saw it was popping up here in Philly when I did it at the beginning of the week. I've talked to a number of teams in the NFC that were going through their mock drafts and they were just like, if they get Bijan Robinson, like <laughs> it's over. Like it's like, and then one team I brought it up to and I was just like, I was like, hey, a couple of teams told me like they went through their mock and Bijan was landing with the Eagles and they were like miserable in the draft room and they were like, yes, our room too. Like, it has definitely been something that, you know, has been compared as I, it goes full circle to McCaffrey. If you look at how different that offense was the back end of the year in San Francisco, once he joined it. And the teams and skill positions are pretty similar, in all honesty, with a power receiver, a skill receiver, a great tight end, a good running game. Like, there's comps there. And they added Christian, and they were an unbelievable offense. Mm, right. You know, here, here's my counter to the Bijan thing. You know, historically, this team does not draft running backs high, number one. Nope. Number two, this team finished fifth in the league last year in rushing, running for running almost 148 yards a game, okay? Mm -hmm. You didn't have Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry. You had Miles Sanders and a collection of understudies. So mm -hmm. that's why I say this team historically always builds this team from the inside out defensive offensive line what do they need right now they need an edge rusher brandon graham probably last year fletcher probably last year with this team offensive line uh do they need a guard right now yes is jack driscoll the answer is is cam jurgens the answer and as you said off the top james which i love there's no guarantee either one of those are penciled in as your starting guard plus paris gives you that vers versatility to move them outside to a tackle if Mylotta, who missed a few games with a shoulder injury if lane johnson who could miss games with an injury step out we're not talking about Andre, Andre Dillard here we're talking about a player who's graded out higher than an Andre Dillard and who oh, you can flip-flop on either side Andre Dillard basically told the organization I can't play the right side and that's why they stuck mm -hmm. him on the left side Paris Johnson you can put him in three different positions and I don't think once he's up to speed in Stoutland University he won't miss a beat mm -hmm. now that's why I, I with everything you said that, yeah. that's why I don't think he'll be there at 10. Yeah, like, I think yeah, they definitely yeah. need to move up. And his stock has been rising over the last 48 hours like crazy. Uh, he could go way higher than you think. Um, I, I do know that. And so I would say the counter argument that I've been told and, and kind of came up with myself as well that Philly could be thinking is, A, you can get an edge rusher in that second group at 30. Say it's Keon White or yeah. Will McDonald or, yeah. or Miles Murphy, I'm told, will probably be off the board by 30. Yeah. Um, but in that second group, you can get your edge guy. Um this was told by somebody with, to me with the Chargers. They had Derwin James, who they think is 
one of the best players in all of football, and I would agree. Lined up on Travis Kelsey in a game in the red zone, third and long. We're, we're, we're poised to stop them. And there goes Mahomes. There goes Kelsey. Touchdown. We can't stop them. Mm-hmm. So there's a belief in the league starting to be – if you want to win a Super Bowl, you got to put as many points on the board as possible. Like, you just got to keep scoring. And Jeffrey Lurie kind of said that at the owners' meetings where he was like, there's a high premium on offense. And I look at the Super Bowls we played in, and no offense could be stopped. And that's kind of true. And that's starting to be more of a sentiment in the league. I know, like, give me a team outside of, I don't know, when a, when a hobbled Peyton Manning was playing in Denver in 15, that a great defense has won you a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's turning every year as the rules favor the offense – as the rules change, like the more weapons you have, the greater chance you have to win a Super Bowl. I mean, Andy used to get killed for it back in the day, and now he's succeeding with it with a generational quarterback talent. But that's the argument. Like you, in the next five years, I think, and this is the sentiment around the league more than mine, Jalen Hurts needs all this talent around him um, for this offense to work. So put as much as you can around him and try to win a Super Bowl in the next five years. That's the Bijan argument that that I think people are making for Philly, and it's just more fun to talk about a running back with fans. Oh, <laughs> it's more fun to talk about Bijan than Peter Skaronsky. I mean, let's be real; it, it yeah. just is what it is. Exactly, uh, James. Listen, uh, let everybody know, and I I always tell everybody at James Palmer TV on Twitter. But you'll be doing live hits throughout the day for NFL Network, and you're going to be hunkered down there at the Novacare Complex with with yeah. all the full blown Eagles coverage. Ever, everything. It's really every time I'm on TV, I've got every half hour on NFL Network. I will pretty much only be talking Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, it. But it'll be, yeah, it'll be on Twitter. It'll be out there. And listen, guys, this is awesome. I, I saw a great game at the at, at CBP last night. Come back, I stayed baby. for the whole thing. Yes, yeah, come back. Yeah. My president of the president of the Alec Bomb fan club right here. Um, yes. and uh, was right there uh, with my boy Mike Garofolo and and some of my buddies from home. Where it's a, kind of become a draft tradition here. The last years and we saw a great one man we didn't we didn't leave with the rain nice little comeback after early struggles on the mound yeah castellanos is awesome james listen man keep up the great work but we love love having you on man we'll talk to you appreciate you guys you're the best thank you very much all right that is james palmer interesting insights there gunner i mean absolutely he makes a compelling case at the very end the last thing that james said makes a very compelling case that you know you you got to just potentially throw as many as many bullets out there as possible offensively and just try to knock teams off. And I don't, I don't disagree with that, but I, the counter, I guess for me, and you kind of laid it out as well. I think we've gone too far the other way with, you don't need any defense at all. Like I see a lot of holes on this defense right now. I see like immediate holes and I see a hole like down the line because you're older. Fletcher's older. Brandon Graham's older. Uh, I'm not going to call Barnett older, but I don't know the productivity's there for him to justify this. So you're, you're a little bit older. You're both your corners are 30. You know, that's a little bit, you're starting corners. That's a little bit concerning, you know, as far as I go. And, you know, look, the other thing is like we talked about, they had all 22 starters playing in that Super Bowl, which is insanity. Mm-hmm. Had they lost, you pointed out lane or, or, you know, my lot or, or fill in the blanks. One of these other big pieces, you probably, you might have a tough time getting there. Um, and picking somebody who may not start right away. Now, Paris Johnson would, but picking somebody who may not start right away may not be an obvious thing. Like we had Sal Powell on yesterday, and he, he was saying, are you really going to take Jalen Carter because he's not going to start? I don't, I don't know what you call it in, in the sense of a starter, but they're in such a rotation that he still plays a ton, in my estimation, if it ends up being Jalen Carter. He's like a starter. 
Well, you have you have based on what we've seen of this Eagles defense, you technically have four starters at defensive tackle and four starters at DN because that's the way they like to rotate them. It's not about who starts the game, it's about putting people in strategic positions in certain downs and distances, which they did very well, despite what a lot of us think of Jonathan Gannon, me included. They were very good at putting certain players in certain positions in down and distance. You know, don't get me wrong. Bijan Robinson is a phenomenal talent. You've heard me say time and time again, for as long as you've known me, yep. that when it comes to, if, if you ask me my favorite position in football, I have said consistently since I was a little kid, I am a fan of the running back. Bijan is a phenomenal back. And if the Eagles collect, select him, more power to him, makes that offense that much more explosive. But in terms of what we know about this team and the way they structure, the way they think, that's why I said, is Bijan on their, their priority list? Yes, but I don't think he's number one or number two. I think he's number three right. on their priority list based on how the draft would fall. If they get him at 10, I'm applauding the Eagles left and right. That kid's going to be a phenomenal talent. Hopefully it's a natural transition from him, for him from the college ranks to the pros. But in talking to certain people, just getting a feel for what they're thinking over there at Novacare Complex, that's why I've said consistently, I don't think he's the number one option at number 10. Mm-hmm. Oh, look who it is. Look, who, look at the cat. Hey, I know here. this guy. I believe. I'm, I'm, I'm not familiar. Is this a guest or is this who? Oh, America, America's <laughs> Most Wanted? Is that oh, it? I saw him in the post office before I came in. Yeah, his, his picture was up. What's up, bro? Bro, look where you guys are and look where I am. Oh, yeah. I just, I just had an hour. I just had an hour meeting over the draft about who they're going to pick. And I absolutely still do not know. Right. <laughs> uh, but I do get food for the draft. Oh, you do? How'd you get that? All right. Pacificios, your spot. Oh, that place is strong. I love that place. Yes. Wait, did you have to to rough up anybody to get food? (laughs) No, but I will tell you this. Squeaky Will gets the most oil. Exactly Uh right. Exactly. Yes. I'm assuming you brought it up in the meeting. Maybe two or three times. (laughs) (laughs) Just maybe. Just maybe. Just make sure they bring it before the show kicks off and not during the show. I I was prepared, though. Oh, oh you're a Pringle man. Oh. I like it. Smart. Yeah, I was I was prepared. I, I yeah. mean, I breakfast of champions. Yes, <laughs> Pringles. But uh, my fault, guys. Sorry, I'm late. But um, it's all right. That's, that's all right, right bro. I, I think you hit on something though, Barrett. The second you, the first thing you said. What's that? Anybody who tells you they know this they is who know. the Eagles taking are lying. Here's why. Number one, there's so many things could happen in front of them that that is unexpected. They, they could think, you know, there could be a guy that they thought, no way is he going to fall. He falls. No way is this guy or a guy who they thought was a lot to still be there at 10. Somebody makes that surprise pick in front of them. Anything could happen. Somebody could trade up right. in front of them and right. grab somebody. Like, there's Absolutely. just a lot that could go down here. And it's uh, it, the intrigue is what makes it the most fun. It's, they're in a really unique position right now. I got butterflies right now because I don't know. And I try to pride myself on doing the research, looking up. I've watched so much film. I've watched more film this year than I've done in previous years because you kind of knew there was so much talent in the draft that, you know, you knew who the stars were going to be. Well, this draft is completely opposite. Mm-hmm. There's only like a top 10 or 12 guys. Right. And it's a top 10 or 12 guys that, you know, may not necessarily need fit a need or want that we have. Yep. Like, I mean, this Bijan thing. I'm going to tell everybody this. Bijan is probably the third best um the third best draft pick in this in his draft. 
He's probably the third best talent for what he does, what he brings to the table, what he can do in the Eagles system. Right, right. You know, I mean, he could be a great piece in the system, mm-hmm. but the likelihood of him doing it is slim to none. We know that they like and they value the, the trenches. We know this. But does that change what they, you know, I mean, like, like everybody's saying, I, I keep saying Nolan Smith. I like Nolan Smith. Yep. Well, why would you pick up a 10? 10 is too soon. That he's too that, No, 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 no. You get what will fit your team. You don't put a round hole, I mean, a, a round peg in a square hole. Mm-hmm. You get what's going to fit your system. And I think that's what they're going to dig into somebody. So everybody's like, well, why would you go out and get a Hassan ready? You already got a Hassan ready. Well, last time I looked, if I wanted, if I had a dollar, somebody gives me another dollar, I got two dollars. I'm not because I already have a dollar, I don't want it. No, mm-hmm. you want to bring guys in if they, they compliment each other. I played against a Greg Lloyd and a Kevin Green and had to battle those guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, why wouldn't get two guys? You have a proven product. Why don't we bring in another guy that could be a you know the, the carbon copy of the opposite guy? Let me let me pick up on your point. All right. So I think two things. One, you're right. The dollar analogy is perfect. Spot on. The other thing is you don't know what you're getting out of Derek Barnett. You don't know that Brandon Graham can can equal or get close to what he did last year, you know, another year into his career. So even if it's not let's just say best case scenario, Brandon Graham's still lighting the world on fire. Great. Okay. You know, eventually you are going to need. No, the Nolan Smiths of the world to be able to do their thing. Absolutely. Like, and he'll get plenty of touches this year. They, they are a rotation defensive line. We know that yeah. it's not just two guys coming off the edge. It's, it's everybody, every man for who, who's, who's ready to roll. So it makes a lot of sense as far as I'm concerned. I, I'm sorry. I, I missed part of what you guys were saying. I was hypnotized by the ocean waves rolling in from my view right here. He's easily distracted. Barry. I, I mean, today I'm easily distracted. Um, Life uh, is hard, oh, but it's fair. Oh, Barry, there's a boat about the size of your boat just skimming across the water right now. I can't mm. tell if they're fishing oh, I see or it. not. I you see, see that boat? You see that boat, yeah, Rob? That's nice, bro. Yeah, that's, I, I, I thought we were friends. We fam- we're not just friends; we're family. But you know, in family, we always take a backdoor shot at each other every now and then. Oh, hold on. You know how wanna, it works. I want to show you. You look like right now you're in a, in a prison cell, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do we lose him? Oh, he froze. Uh oh, he's so mad at us. He froze. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, let's take a break. Okay. Let's get a quickie in, and we'll come back. We'll get. All right, there there he is. He's back. All right. I'm gonna let you get get. Whoa. What are we doing? Where he's we showing us where he is. Oh. Uh. Yeah. I like our setup better. Is that is that a prison cubicle? What yes. is that? Yes. He's <laughs> he's doing his time. Uh, for he's done enough time dealing with you. You know what I mean? He's put. He, he's he's done his time. So. Let's do this. Let's get one in real quick and we'll come back and let's, I want to revisit what our, you remember what our predictions were? We did these earlier in the week, what the Eagles are going to do at 1030. I believe so. All right. Let's revisit that and and see if your opinions changed on that. If it's changed on Bijan, the whole nine. So we'll get all that in uh, when we come back. Don't go anywhere. So Derek and I are coming to you from ocean casino resort, top golf. Now this is the site of where the draft show, the Jacob draft show is going to be. At 8 o'clock tonight, it'll be Derek and I, it'll be Mark Farzetta, it will be John McMullen, it'll be Seth Joyner. I mean, we are going to absolutely blow this thing out of the water. It's going to be crazy. It was wild last year, and it's going to be nuts again. Yes. Hey, hey Rob, do you yes. see um, Do you see Zach McGurkin, who's uh, in marketing, do you see him standing by? Not quite where I'm at, but okay. I have his cell. Oh, I, I, I do too. Cell. I'll text him because I want to find out what's on the menu tonight. 
Yes, there you go. Yeah. Yes, I want to find out what's on the menu this afternoon. Yeah, you know, you know what? I'm glad you said that. I'm gonna, when we go to break, I gotta talk, I gotta talk to Zach. Work your magic, Derek. Sorry, Barrett. Yeah. Sorry, man. Yeah. Oh, Barry, I'm, you still on? I thought you were frozen. My bad, B Brooks. I'm sorry. Oh like, man, like the him. shade is strong today, uh, yeah, man. I, I gotta eat Pringles, and you guys getting filet mignon. That's right, monogamy. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's do that. We'll come back. Uh, One o'clock, Chris Franklin from NJ.com, Eagles beat writer, and then two o'clock, our own John McMullen, Birds three sixty five with Jody Mack. Uh, Jay Mack will be joining us at two. So don't go anywhere. Derek Barrett, Rob, we are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Yes. We are thrilled that they are a part of the family, the Sports Take and Jacob YouTube Network family. Bravo Pizza at Havertown. I've been going there since I was a kid. Uh, and they've been family-owned since 1985. I'm in there each and every week. I was in there last Thursday hanging out with Alex and the crew. You know, here's the great thing. The food there is made fresh daily. It is not sitting there under a heat lamp. They actually fly in their flour from Italy. I, I can tell you I've, I've gotten an up-close tutorial how they do things. But Bravo Pizza Havertown has 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. I get the upside down. That's my favorite. That's my go-to. But they have a policy. You name it, they will make it. That's right. Specialized pizza for you, your way. And it's not just pizza that they have. They have fresh pasta. They have wings. They have sandwiches. They have salads. They're also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. Follow Bravo Pizza of Havertown on your Instagram or Facebook account for daily specials and promotions. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. That's 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. If you had any idea what was going on here, yes, Derek Gunn is a, is a bad guy. 610-446-3810, 610-446-3810, Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. We're back. Yes, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. <laughs> Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. So I'm doing my live read uh, for, for our great friends at Bravo Pizza uh, during uh, as we're heading to the last uh, our break. And Derek is in front of my laptop, like right in front of me, doing things that I'm not even going to say on the air, which to distract me. Okay, what are friends for? As I said a little bit earlier. So now oh, you wait until the next commercial break. Uh, well, yeah, I, I might have to bust off at some point and just run over to your little spot and mess with you at, at some point. So if you see me take off from my uh, from my place, that's what will be happening. So, yes, it was uh, it was good. By the way, can I just say we, we are here at Osh Casino Resort Topgolf, uh, which is awesome. If you haven't done it yet, if you haven't experienced Topgolf, it is so cool. OK, first of all. But but the other thing I'm going to say is I don't know about you, Derek. Yeah. I may be staying in the nicest room I've ever stayed in. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. I have like a living room. I have yep. like a dining room. I have yep. it's 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 a uh, I have an ensuite yep. and and a full bath. Uh, yep. it, like I'm tempted to have a rager tonight when we get off the air. <laughs> so nice, Mike. Hey, hey Rob, I, I don't yes. want to tell you this, but those are the rooms I would get every week for for the pre and post game shows. Yes. Every week. One week I'd be on the second floor, next week seventh floor. The best view is when they put me on the forty-third floor, yes. and you can look out and see everything. Yeah. And it's like it's always on the same corner of the building, so you have the L-shaped window view yes. of, of the water, of all the towns nearby, Wildwood, and all these towns and stuff. Dude, it's it's like it's crazy. You could have yes. a fam, it's, you could have like a family of twelve in there, and uh-huh. everybody will sleep comfortably. Yeah, I uh, do you have Barrett, the big you, do you have the big L shaped couch also in there? I do. Uh, oh, so yeah. Barrett, oh, as soon yeah. as you get off the air, come down. We'll have we'll have a rager. All right, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get it going, man. We'll be in good shape for tomorrow. Oh, 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 oh. You took your shoes off when you entered the door because you know this this is yeah. might be just too good for you. Huh? I, I, I I like <laughs> double checked and I'm like, is this really the room I'm supposed to be in? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. When you gotta take your shoes off, you walk around, you don't want to touch nothing. Exactly. I, I don't think I did touch anything. I think I just dropped my bags and sat on the uh, couch. The, the, the couch. So yes, it was uh it is a beautiful Dude, the, room, sh- the shower is crazy because yeah. it has so many knobs. You get like which yeah, one is hot water? I yeah, need which, a manual just to turn on the yeah. shower. Which which one is hot water? Which is cold water? There's the bench, you can sit on a bench. Oh, Oh, yes. I might move in. I'm just, oh, yes. like, that might be it. Man, yeah. what's, so, what's so funny is it's almost like, man, this is too good for me. What am I doing there? Because I've yeah. been in those type of situations, bro. I'm like, yes, yes. I'm, 
what's going on? <laughs> I think it's I think it was W.C. Fields, the old comedian, said I would never belong to a club that would have me. Like talking about like a golf club or something. Wow. Like, I'm just I'm questioning why I'm I'm in this room, but I'm happy. Right. It took All me right. it took me the first time ten minutes to figure out just the knobs on the shower. Um, yes. In terms of okay, and then when you turn it on. You still have to figure out, okay, the, the cold is not warm enough. It's still yeah. not warm enough. Yeah. And then I made a mistake. I was, you got to almost stand in the shower bear that's so big to turn the water on. You can't, you know how you can just lean in sometime and turn knobs on. You got to get in the shower. And I hit the wrong thing and it hit that, that big square head. The back of my shirt was soaking wet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. Yeah. That'll wake you up. You. That'll oh, wake you up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a, a great spot. Great spot. All right. So we did our predictions earlier in the week and and look we we all you do this for fun it's not an exact science and you know the, i know people like to do the exposing the 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 old the, the cold takes and all that with what people said so you know let's get in front of it man Let, let's talk about what we think is going to happen so i said earlier in the week and this is this is if they stay at 10 and 30 which i really don't think they're going to stay at 10 and 30 but if they did i went with miles murphy that's a bit of a reach at 10 and i went with brian branch at 30 which might be a reach the other direction. Like Murphy's probably going to go later. Brian Branch might go a little bit higher, according to some people's mocks. So I went with those two. I'll stay with it. That's what I went with. Do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. But that's where, what I'm going to go with. How about you guys? Where, where? How do you guys see it falling tonight for the Eagles? Well, um, I, I'm going to stick with um, my my previous predictions. I'm I'm stuck on either Jalen Carter or Paris Johnson. Now, our good friend Sal Palantonio, who we just had on yesterday, just texted me something from Pro Football Talk, NBCSport.com, and you see, boom, right there, Jalen Carter's face, and it says, Jalen Carter says the Eagles will take him at 10 if he's still there. Yep. Okay. I'm sure the Eagles didn't want that out, but that's Jalen Carter. See, he, that's said a- that. he said that with John Clark, Gunner, FYI. See? Okay. Yeah, he, he said that with John Clark. Okay, yep. and so now I'm looking at another report right now that says, according to Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network, Kyler Murray has been bending the, the Cardinals' front office ear to the point where Paris Johnson may be taken at number three now. He loves oh. Paris Johnson so much. Ooh. So Paris Johnson could be off the board at number three. That's the thing, and Barrett, before you get to yours, that's the hard thing about this because Houston is a wild card here. Arizona's a bit of a wild card here. Uh, and then when you start getting into the teams that seem like they need defense, like Seattle, Detroit, uh, the Raiders, could they potentially go offense and throw things off a little bit? That, yep. That's yep. what makes this so hard to handicap here and predict. Well, you know what? It's, it's crazy because there are sites that if you just send in, um, I think it's like a little fee, but you just send in your mock draft. And if your mock draft is exactly the same in the first round as what happens – it's a million dollars. Whoa. Because there's so many unknowns. There's so many trades. There's so many scenarios. You don't know who's talking to who, who's in somebody's ear, where they are in the process of, of, of really trying to figure out who they're going, what direction they're going. See, people are saying, well, how he's keeping his, you know, tight-lipped about it. How he doesn't really, really know. Mm-hmm. He knows what he wants. He knows what he likes. Right. But everything has to unfold. There's nine picks that have to unfold in him before he gets to number 10. And you never know who they're liking or what team is looking at this. Like, I'm a, during my draft process, in 1995, I was a mid to late first rounder. I went in the second round because in my draft, everything went bonkers because 12 out of the first 32 players 
tested positive for weed. Oh, jeez. They were all smoking in the same room. Mm -hmm. So um, you never know what's going to happen. You know, remember during the time when uh, with the with the with the um, the gas mask happened on draft day. Yes, that's coming. Something like that's coming down the pike here in the next, you know, six, six hundred seven and change hours. It's going to happen. Yes. Well, see, like me, my picks, my number 10 pick is Nolan Smith. Yeah, I've been I've been heavy with him, you know, yep. since the beginning. Everybody's like, "Well, that's that's reaching. Why would you go pick it? You can get him later on the draft." It's not reaching when that's the player that you want. It right. doesn't matter where he is right. in the right. draft. Right. If that's who you want, you pick up who you want. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't need another Hassan Reddick. Why not? We had eighteen and a half sacks last year from Hassan Reddick. That's right. Why wouldn't you want to duplicate it on the other side? Mm -hmm. So that's my number ten pick, and my number thirty pick is is, is um. I'm, I'm I'm torn right now because I like I like I like Gibbs. Um, Jamar Jameer Gibbs. Jameer yep. Gibbs. Yep. I mean Gibbs. I mean he's he's versatile, fast, can play receiver. You know um, he's the first player in Alabama history to lead them in receiving and rushing. Nobody's wow. ever done that in the history mm -hmm. of Alabama. I didn't know he did that. I just yeah. like the way he plays on tape. Yeah, man. Like everybody. And look, Bijan's a great receiver too. I'm not taking nothing away from Bijan. Gibbs. Is a phenomenal receiver in his own yes, right. He is. See, there's there's a number of guys I like in the thirty pick, and it leads with that um, Kalaja Cansey uh, uh, from Pitt. Yeah, I like him. I like Emmanuel Forbes, the cornerback. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, once you get down past twenty five or so, and, and again, I can't emphasize enough. They only they only invited seventeen players for a reason. Once you get past number fifteen or sixteen in the draft, everything's going to be out of kilter. Because teams are going to be moving up and down, players are going to go that we didn't even think about it between fifteen and thirty-one. Oh yeah, um, you know, and there's a lot of names that haven't been talked about a lot that would be perfect fits for certain teams for need, whether it's an immediate need or for depth, grooming that potential draft pick to be the heir apparent sometime in the season coming up or even next year, as the Eagles just did with the Jordan Davis and a Nicobe Dean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, look at that's the, the notion that you have to get somebody that's an obvious starter right now. I just don't subscribe to it. I just don't believe that that's the case. I, you know, you've lost Javon Hargrave, which was 11 sacks. Now, I know if you get an edge guy, it's not the same exact thing, but you have to make up that sack total somewhere. I don't think you're going to get 70 something like they got last year. But if you're looking to make up in some degree, to some degree, you know, you could get a guy like Nolan Smith has a lot of Hassan Reddick traits. I'm not telling you he's going to come right, in here and right. get 16 sacks or whatever, whatever Hassan got last year. I'm not saying that, but can he grow into that guy? Why not? And you put more Why continuity yep. around these two other Georgia kids who know how to play together. Same thing goes if you get Jalen Carter with Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean. You know, I mean, you're, you're duplicating what was the best defense we've seen in college football in, I don't know, 20, 25, 30 years. I think it's a pretty smart way to go about things. I agree. I agree with you 100%. <clears throat> um, but I, I, as I sit here right now, I'm like Barrett. I'm all over the place. You know, I, ha I have a feel based on what I've been told over the past week. But I've been covering a too, too many drafts to understand that 98% of the time, what you think, if you were willing to bet money on what you think, especially when you start talking from draft picks 10 on, more than 60% of the time you're going to be wrong because of the way the draft falls. Mm -hmm. So that's why I sit here. I'm not at the point like Barrett where Barrett said he's got butterflies in his stomach. 
I'm as even keel as you can possibly be. I just can't wait for the draft to get here so we can sit and watch and see how it unfolds. Because I guarantee you one thing, whether we are here at Ocean Casino, whether Barrett is there at NBC tonight with his crew, we're all going to be sitting here up and down the board doing the draft going, oh, right. I didn't see that coming. Look, look no, Gunner, look no further than you and I sitting on the set last year when they traded for A.J. Brown and Absolutely. all hell broke loose Absolutely. in a good way. Yeah. I mean, that's just well, you know what happened? When that happened, I was actually sitting next and I was doing a draft show with Ray Diddy. Right. And when he did, I was like, oh, yeah, I was hype about it. But Ray Diddy was like, did I miss something here? I'm like, this is a great pick, don't you think? He's like, they've got a proven guy. But I'm like thinking, what's going on? He actually knew about the rumors and everything that happened to him as far as him, uh, you know, having some mental health issues and what he was going through. I didn't know about it. So I thought it was a great pick. But to him, he's like, well, maybe they know something that I don't know. Maybe he's been cleared of that stuff. Maybe he's good now, you know. So right. they made the, they made the trade. But I didn't know that. So we don't know all the stuff that's involved with all these guys and, you know, what they're going to do. I mean, we don't know what the next dra- um, gas mask is going to be. We're not going to know who, you know, who does what until it happens, man. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, there may be – that's the other thing that, that we all have to sort of uh, caution ourselves. There may be somebody sitting there and you say, unbelievable talent at 10, and they pass on them. You're saying, why are they passing on that guy? Yep. There may be something that we don't know that's going on behind the scenes. Like it sounded like, and Derek, correct me if I'm wrong, and Barrett, I know you 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 weren't on yet, yeah. but it sounded like James had a lot more information about Jalen Carter. Yeah. And it, it sounded like there were maybe again my interpretation, that's strictly my interpretation. <clears throat> right. That there may be red flags there that would worry some teams. Now the Eagles may say look at it and say, Yeah, there was some stuff, but we feel pretty pretty confident in our culture right. that, that, that we can handle this. In that sense, it works for the Eagles because he may fall. Now, the Eagles may say, uh-uh, no. He may be sitting there at 10 and you pass up on him, and, and it's a Warren Sapp situation. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that could happen. Warren Sapp, Dan Marino, the list goes on and on every year. Yep. about some, Laramie Tunstall yep. uh, goes on and on every year about some player. And I guarantee you other teams are kicking themselves saying, doggone it, why didn't we just go – with our instinct and let us instead of letting us be talked out of it. Yeah. I, I will tell you this, the Eagles have done their homework thoroughly on Jalen Carter. If he's there at 10, they're not afraid to take him at 10. They feel they have the structure in-house to lead him in the right direction, to groom him, to get him to understand you are a professional businessman now. You are not just a professional athlete. You are a professional businessman now. And we have a locker room, a locker room full of, of professional businessmen you can lean on to understand how you should and should not conduct your business both on and off the field. I mean, think about this, guys. Whoever they take with that first pick on either side of the ball, he is going to be in a luxury position of having a wealth of information from highly decorated players that he can learn from a lot quicker than some teams who are still trying to find themselves. I mean, you've got pro bowlers across the board on both sides of the football for this Eagles team. You've got a structure in place where they don't let people step outside. There's there's a group of guys that are not afraid to get in people's faces and say, hey, look, you're not coming in here making us look bad. We don't, we don't do that here. If you are, let us know, and we will ask management if we can see about getting you moved out of here. That's the kind of structure they have with the Eagles. 
the Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman take it very, very serious when their players committee comes to them with certain issues. There's a lot of things that happen behind closed doors with this Eagles organization that you guys will never know about that I just sit here going, wow, you know, mm-hmm. but it never comes out because they are so good at keeping stuff in house and right. not letting it become a big distraction. No question. No well, question. What, yeah, you know, I, I sit back, man, and I look at how this team is constructed and what they can do. And you bring in a guy like, you know, Jalen Carter. He's got to take it from – he's got to listen to, number one, Fletcher Cox. Number two, Brandon Graham. Number three, he has his boy there. You know, two of his boys that played there a year before. Yeah. And they will make sure that he stays in line. There's no question. But I don't even worry about stuff like that because they have a dom. Yep. Big dom is one of the best in the business Ooh. at making sure you understand what your role is and what your place is on this team. And he takes his role very serious. Mm-hmm. They don't just send coaches and scouts mm-hmm. to talk about these players. They mm-hmm. send Dom. Dom yes. is like Dom is a professional in every aspect of the way that he did. He doesn't leave any stones unturned. Thank Whether you. it's on social media, um, what's the word on the street? He has ties with you know police departments that he can call and talk in to anybody. Every city. To. FBI, whatever it is, he has a connection with them to make sure that what they're bringing in their locker room is somebody that they can trust. Yep. They don't just bring anybody in their locker room. And that's why I say, if you have a Dom, you can you can pretty much do what you need to do with the player because the player would definitely fall in line because a Dom does not play. Well the, thing, said, the, well the, the thing I love most about Dom is he doesn't care if you're a future Hall of Famer. Nope. He doesn't <laughs> care if, if, you're, if you're the last guy on the roster. He approaches everybody the same. He will get in their faces and chew them out as quick as he will anybody in that organization. It doesn't make a difference to him. That's the carte blanche he has with that organization. He'll, he'll call me. Hey, man, what's going on over there, yeah. man? Is, is, is there anything going on? I'm like, no, Dom, do you want to talk to somebody? He said, no, no, I'll take care of it. I'm like, yeah. okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, coming back, it'll be Chris Franklin from NJ.com. We'll get his thoughts on what he's hearing, what he thinks may happen with the birds in this draft at number 10, 10 and number 30, not to mention second round, third round, and then they don't pick again until the seventh round. We'll get into all those kind of things when we get back. That's D Gun. That's B Brooks. I am RLS. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, time to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be a challenge. It can be scary. You go through a lot of different people and you're not quite satisfied with what's going on. I can tell you from personal experience, it took me a while to find the right person, but I did with Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you need help setting up your employee benefits. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. He's also there for for as a sounding board, as a guide, as someone to answer your questions that you're not quite sure about. I know I personally have entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751. You could also email him as well, murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's murray dot Jim at principal.com.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. back yes we are at derek's up to his shenanigans again what else is built? i didn't um, do anything i was minding my own business yeah, what's, that song? what's that christopher christopher cross song sailing take me away <laughs> to where i thought it would never be uh, you just called christopher cross yes i did i used to love that song he used to touch me right here ride hey, like the way, wind was that his other song ride just like the, the just the, what's the just the breeze in the sea to carry me and soon i will be free yes that's where i feel right that's now Barrett's favorite look song. at this water yeah, he loves Christopher. You're, you're, you're muted, B. Brooks. Brooks, he celebrates. I don't know what. Family. I wish I could have gotten muted from what you guys were just talking about. What What are we talking about, man? We're sailing. I'm just saying. Flying away, whatever it is. Sailing I, takes me away from where I ne- – what is it? Never. I don't know. I, know, I remember I know. the song. It's, it's Yacht Rock is what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I know the song, but yes. it, the only reason I know the song, they play the two daggone much. I don't know what the heck it's about yeah. or anything yeah. else. He's talking about getting away. Yeah, you know, just just being away. Well, Again, I want to. I want to be. I want to be away right now. Yeah, I know. Talk about this. Calgon, take me away. All right. right. So, let, hey, real uh, quick. Hey, real quick. I got something for you. Somebody, oh. uh, somebody I highly respect just texted me and said, "If the Eagles draft Jalen Carter, mark my words on it, he will play more than Jordan Davis, and that's going to be interesting Ooh. when the questions start coming out. Why isn't Jordan Davis playing more? You're right. Like, that's how it'll flip." Wow. 
it won't be look how good Jalen Carter's playing. Why is Jordan Davis not getting the, the reps yep. that, yeah, that yep. you would expect? It's funny the way that works. All right, joining us right now, uh, does an awesome job covering the birds uh, for NJ.com, South Jersey Times as well. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at C Franklin News, and that's Chris Franklin. Chris, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Let's go sailing. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, Chris, don't encourage him, man. Don't encourage him, man. Derek hey, is a kindred spirit right there. Hey, 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 Chris, I'm sitting here trying to pay attention, talk football, and I keep seeing boats just sailing by me right here at Ocean Casino. It is. The waves yeah. rolling in, crashing to the shore. Yes. And, I'm, and it just the Christopher Cross song came up to me sailing. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> how, about, how about we do this? If they take Bijan, okay, if they yeah. take Bijan, Derek has to get on the on the Ferris wheel over to oh, my, no. oh, over my shoulder. Oh, you got to do it. Right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> See, here's happen. the thing. You know, you know what I hate about Ferris wheels? Number one, they're too doggone slow. Number two, they make you sit at the top while it's rocking back and forth. <laughs> Is it let people? I'm like, man, you better get me off this thing, man. I'm about, I'm about to make a scene here. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Chris, so give, give us oh, kind of where you, you as we sit here right now. We're under, you know, we're under seven hours here. Thank God. Uh, till the draft. <laughs> <laughs> but your gut, do you have? And I, what I mean by that is, do you have any sense of where this is headed for them? Are you like most of us are? Feel like there's a thousand scenarios. I feel like we're at the mercy of. We're at the mercy of the Texans. We're at the mercy of the Ravens and the Seahawks. I think they're gonna we're gonna be sitting there waiting, going like, okay, well, this happens. This is so many different ways they can go. The more and more I just think about this, and, and the more I sit it, I don't know if B. John's gonna be either there at air when they take him, or if basically the Eagles are just gonna go and go line no matter what. Because I think you know, I look just the way the landscape, everything's shaping out, and what could happen. I, it's unpredictable, but I, I just. I'm seeing the B, I don't see the Bijan thing happening, unfortunately. Wow. Hey, okay. hey, Chris, how many times have you changed your mind in terms of who the Eagles are going to take <laughs> over the last over the last, let's say, week? Over the last week, that tenth pick, I probably say twice with the tenth pick, the thirtieth pick. I just, I just, I just feel like I just look at the thing, tear up the paper, throw it in the air. It's like, okay, this guy, yeah. nope, this is not happening. Yeah, it's still a dark. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And for when you look at, I, I think the NFL wants it this way. And the fact that, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. So you have to tune into the TV station, you have to to, uh, to Jacob and stuff like that for it to see what's going on. But it's for, for, for us, it's, it's, it's rough. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, when will you get hunkered down, Chris? Like, how does it, how does it work? Work us through the, the mechanics of your night. Oh, well, right now I'm in the office right now. So I'll probably be here till about five o'clock and just like trying to get like my last second, like detail. Like I literally will go through, like, well, in case they take this guy, I want to actually know what to say before I tweet or write something. This yeah. case, let's find a little more detail on that. But six o'clock, I'll be there over in Overcare and uh, in the media house. And then from there, it's just the, the waiting game and, and trying to text people say, hey, you hear anything? Anything? Get out of my face. I don't know who you are. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but overall, Chris, uh, yeah. 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 Get out of here! Yeah. <laughs> I got the Aaron Rodgers treatment, but now nah, it's uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long night, but it's gonna be a, I think it's one fun night. We'll finally stop doing all the mocks. We'll start doing all the stuff, and we'll get to know who these new Eagles are going to be. All right, more likely, Chris, uh, a D line, O line, in your estimation, if if things are kind of breaking the way they hoped, uh, if there's an option there, what, what, what do you think? 
I think that's a D line. I, I look at the long term impacts of what this team is looking like. When you look at your edges and you see, you have Brandon Grant for one more year. You have Derek Barnett, who you hope that his ACLs is repaired, but you have him for another year. And you look at the long term part. I think this team just needs to get a little younger on the edges in that in that aspect, a little more a little more quicker in that part too. So. I'm looking at that, but then if Jalen Carter, if they somehow do get Jalen Carter, I think that would be the optimal part because if he can create that vacuum, if he can create that push alongside, if it winds up being Jordan Davis long-term, if it winds up being Fletcher Cox this year, if you get that vacuum in the middle of that defensive line, it just makes things so much easier for those edge rushers and everything, everybody else in the back in that defense. So I, if I'm the Eagles, I'm hoping he falls. Mm. Well, at this point, what's the likelihood of them going offensive line? Do you know, do you, I mean, because I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Paris um, Johnson fan. Skaronsky, he's like my third best offensive lineman in the draft. But do you think that there's a possibility? You know, and what possibility do you think? Which guy would you put in that uh, in that position at number ten? I think Skaronsky would be the most likely, but I don't think he would last that long. I think if I'm if I'm the I think either somebody trades up to get him, which to me I think it's a little bit too much I think too rich for him I think because I think there's guys who aren't too far away from his from his ability I would be surprised at that but I would be surprised I think the Bears actually may take him at nines because they, they need to protect Justin Fields because they can't have him getting all these hits <laughs> taking all these hits but I think he would be the guy if he does fall it'll be an interesting thing but I still think they look more they're more on the defensive side I find so the teams. I'm going to throw this at you because we, we were discussing it a little bit earlier, Chris. I, I think Houston is is a tough team to read, and maybe they're doing a great job giving a lot of smoke signals. Like I thought they'd be a lot to take Stroud. Now it seems like that could be yeah. up in the air right now. Arizona, we Gunner was talking about their you know their teams are making a push that Kyler Murray wants Paris Johnson, et cetera. So we're you know there's just a lot of hurdles to kind of get around and, and you just don't know where these teams are going to go necessarily. And some of them are not the best organizations in the world, which also makes it tough to predict. Yeah. Especially the Texans, especially, I don't know how you go into next year with Davis Webb saying, and then you sell that to your fan base yep. going, you know what guys, he's the guy that's going to lead us to the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. Whatever that. And then when you hear that John McClain, I thought that he, he's been, he was a the former Houston Texans beat writers. Yeah. Yeah. Been, been around here. And the fact that he says it's been all spokes when Will Levis's guy, I still have my questions about Will Levis. Like, you want to take him over C.J. Stroud? You yeah. want to take him over Anthony Robinson? Okay, that's and I think that's a turn determines to me personally. When you see those bad organizations, that to me, the Texas taking Will Levis is a mark of a bad organization. I think as you guys, you look at the long term abilities of some of these guys. Like when it comes to Robinson, and you look at Stroud, I think those guys are more going to be the face of the league at one some point in time. So, I. I, I just look I, – I question the Texans sometimes. I think the Raiders – there's no Raiders guys that I look at like when you say like, wow, he's really fast. Well, that's a Raiders guy. You know, I don't see them taking the guy that fast seven. I wouldn't be surprised if they took a quarterback too. I think they're in a position. I think they need one too. Mm. Hey, Chris, are you buying any of this hype that as of Monday, Levis all of a sudden is shot up as the premier quarterback on the board? He's gone from like 400 to one to be the first quarterback to now like four to one? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he, he, I think he's he, he's he's I think he's going to the Texas too. I really believe that. I don't believe the fact that one like Ooh. if the Panthers took him one, with the second pick, Chris, with the first one, okay, with wow. their first one, wow, with their first one. I really think he's going to be that high. They want that because I wouldn't be surprised if other teams are trying to put snow screens on. Oh, he's bad. Look at this. Look at I'm I, with that twelfth pick. 
and and this is where I'm talking. I sound like I'm talking on both sides of my mouth. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Texans trying to get Stroud and putting all this stuff about the S twos and everything out. See if maybe he falls maybe to twelve, and then all up until he goes. Oh, his twelve, man. I don't. I hope that doesn't happen. I don't. I don't think it does, but I hope it doesn't happen too. But what, wow. Will Levis to me is just there's too many. I, I see too many Wentz esque things when it comes to his game, and I'm just, hey, he, I, hey I, man, I'm he like he likes to eat bananas with the peel and put mayonnaise in his coffee, man. That's that's a surefire leader right there. No. That's character issues for me with both of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you know, but, but when you look at it though, I mean, I I, I understand. Um, the quarterbacks at this point, I just don't see any, you know, franchise quarterbacks in these guys. And I also don't see this as one of the stronger drafts. You know, I think this is one of the weakest drafts I've seen in the past 10 years, as far as the talent level. And you, you're going to have to pick a guy up and then mold him into a, 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 a you know, a top quality player, as opposed to years past, we've had guys come out and as soon as they touch the field, like Micah Parsons type of um, S type of players, I don't see that in this draft. And that's I give the Panthers credit for this one because I think Bryce Young, to me, I look at the intangibles. I know a lot of people talk about his weight. He's really light. But we look at what he brings to a team, what he does with the ability to play in big pressure situations, the throws he makes. That's why I commend them for getting, the, in my opinion, the best guy. Trade what you know. Get the, to me, he's the best known commodity about those yep. quarterbacks. Yep. All the other ones are have a lot of questions right now. And, I'm, and this is where you need a team with a good coaching staff with a history of developing quarterbacks to make sure these guys are built up. I think whoever winds up, if the Raiders do take a quarterback, I think the Raiders going to, whoever the Raiders take is going to have a lot better things than somebody with Houston or somebody else because they haven't proven it over long term. They don't have the offensive acumen you've seen long term. It's like, hey, you know what? We have comfortable these guys can develop and be something suitable in the long term. So, yeah, there's questions, but I come in the Panthers on that big time. Chris, let me ask you, uh, back to Jordan Davis for a second. If they, if, let's say Jalen Carter were to fall and you grab him there. Is that any kind of reflection on Davis or is that just, man, what a value pick for, for, for Carter to still be there? Like, are there concerns there organizationally that he's not the guy they had hoped he would be? Nothing that I've heard of from, from my people I've talked to. I think that they're still high. If anything, they think they're still high and we're selling them a little short. I think when it comes to even, especially in terms of his pass rush ability, which that's still, yet to be seen in my opinion when it comes to that i don't think it's so much of that i think it's more value that you got a guy who you thought was going to who everybody thought was going to be the first overall pick in the draft and somehow you got him at 10 or 10 or 7 8 9 if they trade up decide trade up so i think i don't think it's an indictment on that. i think it's something that you have an opportunity to have two guys in the middle of your defensive line for at least three or four years that could become the core of your defensive line and you go on from there so i mean i think if anything this will be a good spot for him when you look at the leadership they have around this team I look at when you look at Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey's, Fletcher Cox's guys like that. I think who could definitely definitely hold them in place if he starts to be like, hey, you slacking off a little bit, and they'll get on them. I think when it comes to that. Hey, hey, Chris, at what point do you think the Eagles might take a flyer on taking a safety just to shore up the back end of that position with depth? I think if Branch is still there at thirty, I think I give a long hard look. I mean, although if Jameer Gibbs is doing a board field, hopefully a hard look right now as well too. If they I'd probably think this day two for sure. I think if you if you're looking at 62, I think I'm looking at guys. I'm like, eh. I think day two, probably 94. Jair Brown, Penn State. I forget the safety's name from uh, Illinois. If he's still there as well, too. Those are guys I'm really looking at around that time. But I think I don't think they're going to wait all the way till the seventh round and go. All right, let's take a. I hope he we have you see he has good attributes. 
all right, let's see if we can develop him something. I think it's going to be day two, probably in the third round. Mm. Do they have faith enough in linebacker and safety to, to roll with what they have right now if they didn't upgrade in the draft relatively high? I think so. I think they really feel feel good about that because they're going to let that defensive line keep those guys off the linebackers. And safety-wise, when it comes to the – when you look at the man co- the ability of these guys to play man coverage if you need to in this new scheme that the side probably is going to use, I think they think they feel that they're, they're going to be comfortable in that. Personally, I think they need a long-term answer because you got three safeties that are going to be on free agents next year. I mean, granted, two of them – well, Justin Evans and Terrell Evans, who you guys probably going to bank on a lot. I think you're going to have that. And then you have Kayvon Wallace as well, too. So they need – bodies back there so i don't think i think it's one of those things where it's going to be more of a depth play let them settle in let them learn from the veterans see this learn the system the terminology and then you give them say next year you really really rely on them to be contributors in this defense mm. you got you mean you got you got jamar jameer gibbs you got donnell right there um you know you got branch there you know out of those three what direction you think the eagles will go branch was really i i like branch's game when you look at his ability to play, go down the slot, but there's something about Jameer Gibbs where all this talk we were talking about Robinson, I think Gibbs can give you the same sort of thing, especially know. especially when you go, go align them in. Because I'm just imagining, like, if I'm if I'm Brian Johnson, if I'm Nick Sirianni, I'm looking at this thing, like, you mean tell me, I can, and we talk, heard him talk about that speed package they had when they wanted to use Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell. You mean you have Gibbs and you have Gainwell in the backfield? And then, Ooh. oh, yeah, you, got, you, you want to put those linebackers? Oh, we don't know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Bring those safeties and linebackers up. We're going to go one-on-one on the outside. I think you still line them up in the slot as well, too. So if you do eventually have – and I'm not, I don't want to put your name, so I'll say OZ, because I, I don't want to disrespect them like that or anything like that. The new slot receiver they have Zacchaeus, in the line. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, yeah. thank you. Alamade Al- Al- Zacchaeous. I, I, yeah, I want to have trouble saying that. OZ. 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 Yeah. And then with Quez Watkins, if you have questions we want to – Say Quez or, or OZ, then you can move him in the slot and you can have him go in there and attack your safeties from that speed, too. So I think there's a lot of options. I'd I, I go Gibbs, I know, or 30. Chris, are you surprised in a lot of ways that this draft in general is so devoid of legitimate first round talent outside of the first 15, 16? You know, it, it's been well documented that there are a lot of good players who could emerge into great players, but there's not legitimate 32 frontline picks in this draft. No, it's, uh, from what I saw, I spoke to some, I spoke to a couple of people. Somebody at least said twenty one, and there's another one that says about twenty. I mean, like the twenty range. So, yeah, and it's it's and beauty's in the eye to beholder. So, there's guys where this is. A, I think this is a good year where you, if anything, you may have not may have more picks in twenty twenty four than you twenty twenty three because those first two rounds, like that that first round and thirty is already basically second round so mm-hmm. placement. So I'm like, okay, it's fine with that. Next year, I think we, we look at that. If you were in the same situation and they, they find themselves in something similar, I think you could take more chances with some of those guys and see if they could fill them up that way. So it's – I mean, looking back, I see most drafts probably like 24, 25 or something like that. But if you're the Eagles, you wouldn't mind being in that position, especially if you had one first-round pick. That means you're doing something right, especially mm-hmm. picking that late. So I, I, th- I think they'll take that trade off when it comes Yeah, to no it. doubt. Chris, is is receiver in any way, shape, or form a priority now with the Zacchaeus signing? They, they feel like they're they're good there? I think they're fine. I think they're good on that one, too. I think if, if it was – if they didn't sign Zacchaeus, I think you'd probably see a pick right now. I know Granny is only on a one-year deal, but I think overall, maybe they take a flyer seventh round, say, or if they make a trade back and they get a fourth round, you get a guy who maybe has a skill set and say, hey, you know what, this guy can fly – or he's good on a deep ball. All right, let's take him and see what he does. 
I probably would I probably take a I would take a flyer on a seventh round guy if there's a guy who you worry won't be will be there when you're doing a, as an undrafted free agent. You say, you know what, let's get a jump on him. Take one of those guys and see if it's basically a lottery pick with an undrafted free agent and seventh rounder anyway. Take one of those guys in and see what you have in that aspect. Let me ask you this, man. Who's your who's your um guy that's gonna drop in the draft that we didn't expect? Who's your guy's gonna leap up in the first uh ten picks that we didn't think about? The guy who leaps, I think Bergeron Syracuse. I think everybody's talking about him a lot. And really good offensive line, yes. Mm-hmm. I had to say Jeremiah, and that's like who's your Stoughton guys? He was the one of the first guys he's mentioned. He's like he's a Stoutland type guy. He's bigger, he can move. So I and I'm sitting more like, all right, he said they look at this like yeah, he's not gonna be afraid. <laughs> he's a guy from that one too. Now a guy who could drop see I look at I see Miles I see Miles Murphy. No, actually, you know what? And this is is not indicative thing. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Tyree Wilson falls a little bit just because mm-hmm. of that foot injury he had. And if if the teams team's medical staffs are different, and I'm not talking like a precipitous drop, like five to like 18, 19, like what is he still doing here? And we look like but could be there ten maybe for for the Eagles potentially. I'd probably would say uh, somebody's going to trade up and get him. But beyond that, I don't know that. But I think it's going to be one of the surprising things. Where it could be one of the surprises where it's like, why is he still on the board this late in the, like in the top ten? Because uh, when you look at the foot injury, he's got the screws, and you want to make sure he's all right getting explosive, especially off of you want an edge rusher, you want him explosive off that foot coming on yep. driving out of the stands. I, I, I'm gonna be surprised if he falls down like eight, nine. And if he gets to ten, and that really brings up a interesting thing because I think Carter will be taken by then. If he's there at ten, I'm the Eagles. I'm right up and getting them and letting let your medical staff, if you trust your medical staff. Do you think Bijan goes before the Eagles pick? Let's say they sat at 10. Do you think he's gone anyway? Is it taken out of their their hands, so to speak? Only if the Falcons want to make a big splash and say, hey, tell their fan base, hey, we – because I think I think Arthur Blank is really trying to turn things around down there. I think yeah. he realizes that it's been bad the last couple of years. So I can see him doing that. The Bears, I can see him doing that. Just so you have another weapon next to – Next to uh, Fields. Justin Fields. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I think 16, 17. That's when it gets interesting because if he's at 16, 17, you know the, char- the Chargers are a team that are going to look for a running back because of Austin Eckler. That's the thing. I'm seriously thinking about packaging maybe 30, maybe packaging one of those second rounders or third rounders you have. But you have one third for sure. You got the projected one for the uh, compensatory pick. I'm thinking about packaging 30 and maybe a second rounder next year and see what one of those teams is thinking. Like, hey, you know what? Take, we want this here. Let's move up here. And if he's at six, 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 sitting in 16, 17, I'd probably take him there, trade up, personally. Hey, Chris, uh, outside of the Eagles, give me a couple of teams that you're really going to be honed in on tonight in terms of seeing what direction they go in the first round. Seattle Seahawks, for sure. I mean, they have all those picks okay. from the Russell Wilson trades. They're somebody I'm really looking at. You got to look at the division. I mean, you got the, the Giants and the, and the Cowboys. I mean, you look at those teams, and they, they're – I think we look at the Cowboys – Tight end. They're close. Yeah. They're going tight end, man. They, they they need they need something down there to get a running back. They need that. I yep. still think they need a running back. Bear or Kincaid, if they're there, I think the Cowboys would grab either. Right. Well, that's those are really good too. And then, and this guy, the other thing, it's, it's that twelve pick with the Texans. I think they trade, but I, if I'm them, I'm trading back. But how many first round picks does a team really want to sign? I mean, if you're the Jets last year, okay, you see they get three. I'm looking at those text that Texans team, and I'm like. All right, there, there, there's something with the twelve. It's, it's some, something smells fell with that twelve pick, and they try to get moved back in a couple spots and try to pick up more collateral. But something's mm. weird here. But they, they, those teams control the draft. They have the picks. They have from those trades they made. They control the draft right now. 
Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the most dangerous and hardest to predict are the multiple pick first rounders. You're right. Yes. And yes. Eagles being one of them. Yeah. 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 It, it, all that ammo is, I mean, you trade, you get all that ammo. So there, and you, and also, just looking overall when it comes to uh, what the Eagles position they are, the fact that Jalen Hurts turned out to be this good, that you have this flexibility now, you don't have to worry about trading up to get one of these quarterbacks. That freed up so much now. And you, you got to like where you're in the position you're in if you're in the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, isn't that what makes this whole thing so crazy? You were three points away from winning a Super Bowl, and you have the 10th overall pick. Like, how often does that ever happen? <laughs> it's, it's rare. It's almost like you're banking on, hey, it's like you're like, okay, which one of these teams are going to be bad, and who which has a general manager that probably get over it? Hey, hey, what's up, Mickey? How you doing? And you get a deal like that done. <laughs> so it's stuff like that. It's like I'm trying to think, like, all right, who would be a team in a similar situation? I think everybody's hit the hell of his game right now. But <laughs> if he can work something like that out tonight, hey, more power to him. Yeah, don't be crazy. Chris, uh, good stuff, man. Uh, appreciate you, man. Yeah, we're oh, looking forward to you guys. Your, appreciate it. Yeah, your coverage all night. And you can follow him on Twitter at C Franklin News. And of course, uh, NJ.com uh, filing you know, stories all day today leading up to this thing, man. So we appreciate it, Chris. Thanks. Hey, th- thank you very much. I'm going to go listen to my yacht rock right now. I'm going to see you That's guys. That's it. Man. <laughs> yes. And we got nothing to be guilty of. <laughs> I'm going to go take a swim. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> All right. All right. See, right now I'm saying, Sailing, take me away to where I've always heard you. You start to the and I'm really going to run. I love all my street cred just then, man. I ain't got no yeah, street cred right now, bro. Uh, yeah, somebody's got my car suspension anyway, so I got to yeah, get going. Dream in the wind to carry me. And soon I will be free. Look, the, the, the only good thing is we don't have golfers in here right now because there will be some shots that were just going all over the place listening to you singing, man. That is not good, okay? Oh, man. Jeez. Oh, you, you don't like my singing anymore? You want me to stop? Uh, no, actually, I enjoy it. Keep going. Keep going. Barrett likes it, too. No, no. Now, not right now he doesn't because where he is and where we are. Yeah, he's mad. I know. Well, now, You guys probably going to have succulent strips and – Oh man! Hey, hey man, we got shrimp, biggest dolphin jumping out of the water, man. I'm just, I'm just telling you, man. I'm gonna need, a, I'm gonna need a rod and a reel to, to, to hook some of these shrimp tonight, man. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> Christopher Cross. All right, so let's get some information on your favorite singer. Uh, let's see, it's from San Antonio, Derek. There you go. Okay. His first album was "Ride Like the Wind." Yeah. Backup vocals Ride by like Michael McDonald of the Doobies. He that was a great song, "Cry Like a Wind." Yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, we give you a lot. I like of Michael McDonald, though. I mean, that's he's good. good. You know what I'm saying? He, he's got he that was voice, great. Bro. He was great in What's Happening, when the Doobie, the Doobie Brothers episode, when yep. Rerun was trying to bootleg songs with the <laughs> in the overcoat. I can't forget when I didn't love anymore. Yes. All right. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. So what is going on? I don't know. This <laughs> happens when you've been breaking the draft down for 18 months. You know, something's like, oh, yeah. wrong with you, you know? people, man. I'm so, telling you. Oh yes. my goodness. All right, so we will uh, we'll continue uh, discussing this and what it may look like and kind of where it's headed. Barrett, you've been like you said, you know, just diving into the film big time. I want you to give us a little scouting report on some of these guys who could potentially be there for the Eagles, guys that you like who we're maybe not talking about that much, or some guys who you you who are getting really hyped that you don't like. So why don't we do all that when we come back? We'll dig into all those kind of things when we return. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports. 
YouTube network. All right, time right now to talk a little pro-action restoration. Yes, pro-action restoration. If you have a home, you have a business, you have a property that you own, and you go through the pain, the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage, it can be really trying. You're not sure who to turn to. Well, pro-action restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I can tell you from personal experience because I went through it. My parents' house got flooded. They didn't know who to call. They were trying to bail the water out. It was a mess. I reached out to them on a Saturday. That's right, a Saturday. And they got right over there, cleaned it up. The crew was professional, clean. The price was reasonable. It was a, a sigh of relief. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro-action restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So, again, it could be water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, any of the above and then some. You name it, they can handle it. If you're not really sure, if you're having a problem, you can reach out to them. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760 or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home you were catastrophically injured your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker, Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was gonna be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was gonna be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was gonna be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. back everybody thanks for hanging out with us we do appreciate it we are sports state jacob sports youtube network uh we got a busy busy night in store for you so tonight uh starting at eight o'clock we have our jacob draft special coming to you from top golf ocean casino resort derek and i are here right now hanging out uh the calm before the storm if you will uh derek correct me if i'm missing anybody here it'll be you me mark farzetta seth joiner John McMullen, surprise appearances by Barrett Brooks. Am I missing anybody in, in the uh, – No, in the I, I, I think you've covered it well, my friend. Okay. Hey, okay. hey, Barrett, Chris D. just said that if Barrett sings on Bird's Huddle, she'll be on the floor rolling, laughing. Any shot? We, we get it, We get Is one there? Is a possibility you could be singing on Bird's Huddle? You're, 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 you're on mute. mute. You're on mute, dude. I might, I, might have to, I might have to entertain that, man. If you do tape this show, have somebody tape it with their phone in the studio. I want to see this, like, not later tonight, like, right now. Not right (laughs) now, but but right now. I need to see this. This Rebel says I say say golf like her dad. Do I say golf? Is is my Philly accent coming through with golf? Really? You say golf? He says golf? It should be golf. Golf? I've never noticed, to be honest. Golf. Golf. I say golf. Does that sound strange? Golf. Golf. Do I say golf? Okay. All right. <laughs> golf. We're golfing. Golf. golf. I mean golf. You know what? I, mean, I never noticed that you said golf any differently. No. Because you know. say it too. Golf. I say golf. Yeah. yeah. Golf. Yeah, I say. What do you say? Weird. Yeah. Golf. Barrett says golf more, like almost like golf, G-U-L-F. I say oh. golf, and it sounds oh. like golf. I guess. Hold up. Yes. Why? Why am I taking any advice on Barrett, from Barrett on how to talk when the man I've known him 10, 12 years. And he still makes up words. I don't know. Yeah, there you, go. I, you can't, you can't take anything Barrett says about the English language as a grain of with a grain of salt. You oh can't. Oh, that's awesome. That is well, awesome. you mean you could you could take these these write-ups and, and, and the stuff I did for these draft picks, you could you can take them and believe that they're true. All right. Well, I believe that. <laughs> I just have to get a thesaurus to decipher what the heck he just said. <laughs> what had happened was yeah, they you throw, they throw the ball to Gibbs and Gibbs ran off. OFT. <laughs> <laughs> so since somebody asked me, Degon, where are you from? Because I hear an accent. I'm from the great city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Well, Milwaukee, see, Wisconsin. I didn't until I, I went. My first yeah. job was at ESPN. Right. And it's ESPN is a melting pot of people yeah. from yeah. all over the country. It, it, there's there's more New York and, and Boston certainly than the other regional area but there's it's a it's a very mixed california uh new mexico yeah. whatever everywhere oh look, look bac is back 
BAC is back. She says, G Gun, where are you from? That's what yeah, I just said. See, but see, unlike a lot of Wisconsinites, I don't say Wisconsin. A lot of Wisconsinites say Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin. I don't say that. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I, I didn't realize I had an accent until I got to ESPN. I didn't realize I had the Philadelphia accent. Now, I said my whole life growing up, I said water. Water. Yep. Water. I, water. I do sort of a hybrid now. I say water. Is that a hybrid? A no, little bit? water is correct. All right. So I, I do pronounce that, but what – what I also did as a kid was I would drop my G's. In other words, going, uh, asking, you know, leaving. <laughs> Say Broad Street. Broad Street. Well, most most guys um, that I hear here, Broad Street. Yeah, I so Broad I don't Street. think I have it for sure. I don't. If you you guys would hear my friends, you think they were speaking a different language, man. They, right, they, right. They have it really thick. What, really what, what do they call them? Delco. The Delco folks. Yeah, Del- Delco's Delco. Finest. Yeah, the Delco people and the people from the Northeast have a very similar uh, accent to one another. It's it's crazy. Hey, when I lived in Pittsburgh for ten years, I thought I was in another country. Oh, <laughs> and then people are like Yenzers. Yeah, where y- Yen's from? Red up. <laughs> what does red up mean? Going home to clean up. How did you get? How did you get clean up out of red, red up? How did yeah. you get that? Um, a radiator is a a, radi- a, a <laughs> Now I'm saying it. A radiator, a car radiator. They call it radiator. Radiator, okay, yeah. that's different. Bruh, you never know, man. You know, like, you know what? And, I, and it's funny because I can go home for five minutes. Yeah, I mean five minutes. All I gotta do is go to the Walmart or go to McDonald's and hear them talk, and I'll go back to saying her, there, everywhere, all that type <laughs> of stuff. I'm like, no, I can't do it. I can't yeah. do it. It is. It's crazy the way it. It just. Yeah, it's there, man. It's 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 lurking somewhere, ready to grab you. The old accents. But all right. Back. So I know how much time you put in here with tape study of these guys and breaking it down. Um, you, your call here. Whether you want to you want to jump on some of the the players that we've been talking about here who could be there for the Eagles, or there's somebody maybe they should be looking at a little bit more. Give, give us somebody who's who's standing out to you. Let's go positive way first. And then we'll look at someone who you don't like. To. All right, let me look at my notes real fast. Too many, too many daggone notes, bro. Too many notes. I hear you. I hear you. I'm but, the same uh, way, man. I mean, no, you're, you're ridiculous. I had to slide over. I am not kidding you. I have two tables. I have a separate table just for my my notepads and, and all my other nonsense. So it's, it's, it's crazy how many notes you have. But, I, you know, like a guy that's going to go up in the draft that people aren't talking about, but they need to talk about is Drew Sanders. Drew Sanders is a stand-up linebacker from Arkansas. He was in Alabama. He goes to Arkansas, has a phenomenal season. But what I like about him is that he's six foot four, 235 pounds, and can run. He will make tackles all day. He'd be a tackling machine. And I think he's going up in the draft. And, you know, I know we talk about Gibbs being there at that pick number 30. But yeah. I see I see this kid being right there, and I would not be mad they picked him up in the first round. He is first-round talent, man. He runs a 4-5-40, big, strong, very smart, can rush the pass from the outside. He is, to me, he's the closest guy that I would say uh, that would play a linebacker position. And I'm not going to say he's going to be on Micah Parsons' level. I'm not going to say that he's going to be on on um, uh, the kid from um, from um, Pittsburgh. What's his name, uh, the DN? I mean, well, outside Cancy. No, 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 I'm talking about uh, that's on the on the Steelers now. Oh, Watt, Watt, Watt. You yeah. take AJ Watt. You take Watt, yeah. And you take take Parsons. You you mix them together. 
you might have this kid, man. You know, he's 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 better what people give him credit for. And mark my words, if we don't pick him up within the next year and a half, you'll be saying the same stuff about uh, Drew Sanders. So he had a ridiculous year. He he had 103 tackles, 13 and a half tackles for losses, nine and a half sacks, and three forced fumbles, and an interception. And he broke up five passes. Unbelievable player, unbelievable player. But then on the on the inside. I like this kid out of uh, Iowa, uh, Jack Campbell. We can pick him up in the second round. He is a tackling machine. Everywhere he goes, I mean, he's around the ball, man. He's always around the ball. He's smart. He breaks things down. He can get up in the hole. He didn't run that fast. That's the only thing. He's slow as pond water. He ran a 4-7-40, but he makes it up in, 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 in going out there and making plays. Kind of the same thing we had last year. TJ, TJ Edwards. And TJ Edwards, yeah. Same thing, TJ Edwards. He's going to be that type of player. We can get him in the second, maybe in the third round. Um, those are two players I say their stock is going to go up mm-hmm. because the film does not lie. The honest guy does not lie. Really, really, really good players, man. Really good players. Okay. So yeah. good, good those choice. two guys. Um, if you want to go with the D tackles, I think um, Brian Brzee. Brzee, Brzee. Yeah, the Clemson kid. From Clemson, yeah. yes. Monster. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a monster. He's going to come in as a day one starter wherever he is, and he's going to be a monster. You look at his measurables. He's six foot five, 305 pounds. He runs a 4'7", 40. Wow. He only scratched the surface of his athletic talent. This kid went through everything in college. Lost his sister. I mean, you name it. He had injury um, in his second year. Came and bowled out his this, this senior year. He's been through every adversity you go through. You're not going to get a more strong-willed guy than Brizzy. Mm. He is that. He, he he's going to be that good. And and whoever gets him is going to have them a a surefire guy that's going to be in a Pro Bowl. You know, at least by year two. Wow. Hey, hey Barrett, I've been I've been so up and down on Lucas Van S. You know, one day I like him, the next day I don't. I'm at a point now where I'm not even considering him. Um, I, there's more I don't like about him than what I like. I like his body size, but there's just something about him. It's like, tell, tell me what I'm missing about him because I'm not as enamored with him as some people have been. I think he kind of reached his, his, um, his ceiling as a player here in college. He's reached his ceiling. So I don't know if he can get better, any more better than what he is right now. You know what I'm saying? He played in a limited role. You know, he was only out there on special downs, you know, uh, second and long, third and long, third down. He's a pass rusher. Um, I don't know if he can really stop the run. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he, yeah. he, he gets enveloped into blocks too much. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. He puts his head down and rushes with his head down, and you can't do that at the NFL level. You know what I'm saying? That's the only thing about him, but – I mean, he has the build, the size that you want from a player that can play inside and outside. He'll have that motor that he can play inside and outside. But how do you not start for your own team? Mm. You know what I'm saying? And they're trying yeah, to that... say, oh. And I don't want that's boy, that's BS talking about, well, um, you know, this is a rite of passage in, in, in Iowa. You know, you got to wait your turn. No. Uh-uh. If you're good enough, they'll put you on the field. They tried the same thing with me when I was in college. I redshirted, went to that next year. And they would you know, start the guy in front of me. They would start the senior in front of me, and they'd start him and then take him out of the first series. And I start, I play the rest of the game. Well, after the fourth year, I mean, fourth game, 
I'm like, yo, if y'all doing this all year, I'm not going for it. Well, he's a senior. I said, I don't care if he's a senior. Either I start the game or I'm not going in. Mm. He tried me. And after that thing, after, after he, he did it again on the fifth game, put him out there. <clears throat> I said, let him stay out there. The senior started getting his ass kicked. And Snyder came over here ripping, yelling, and cussing. Get in there. Grab me by my face. Man. Get your butt in there. Get in there. Right? I'm like, Coach, I ain't going in there. If you don't get in there. So I finally went on in there, man. I let him punk. I finally went on there, finished that game. But the next game, I started from that point on. You know what I'm wow. saying? Wow. But so I don't want to hear that. Well, you know, it's a rite of passion. Well, wait, if you're good enough, you're going to be in the game and you're going to start mm-hmm. because you need to be there. Yeah. I mean, he seems like he fits every measurable, but you worry, you know, what it's going to look like when he actually gets out there. You know, he's big, right. he's fast, he's strong, all those kind of things. He's bendy, you know, all that kind of stuff. But what's he actually going to look like when he gets out there is what I would worry about. And I don't know whether they're going to, they're going to deem him a, a inside um, a three technique, or is he going to be a, a Russian edge player? You know, he's 270. 270 is, you know, he can play in the inside. He might have better production in the inside also. Mm-hmm. You know, simply because, he, you know, he, he he is that big. He can come around. He's that athletic. He can go around the corner. But he's just, he's just a guy that I, I, I can't really see. I would put him – I would put him at the number ten pick. I would draft him at the number ten pick. No, oh, I listen. I hear you. It makes a lot of sense. There's a, there's a lot of different ways this can go. I I think that the, the it's you can't account for certain things, but I think we're in for some really big surprises. And and the teams that I think, as I mentioned earlier, I think it's hard to predict. Houston, Arizona, the Vegas, Atlanta is a very hard team to predict. Uh, Chicago, it would make sense for them to go offensive line. But there's a lot of – it seems like there's a lot of folks that are, that are thinking maybe they go running back there. Could they be the ones who grab up Bijan? I would go offensive line if I'm them, but yeah, it's tough to call. You know, what, you know what, guys? Have you noticed how over the last week our discussion about the prospects of the Eagles taking a cornerback at 10 has faded? We have been so enamored with three, three positions – D-line, O-line, and a running back. We haven't even talked about we, – we're not even talking about a cornerback anymore. And we forget that the Eagles starting cornerbacks are 30 and 32 years old. And and I'm not just surprised us, but even the national scuttlebutt has not been talking about the Eagles possibly taking a cornerback at 10. Right. They're, they're thin at cornerback right now, and I'm surprised that there hasn't been more talk generated about them trying to get Gonzalez or Witherspoon at 10. You're absolutely right, D-Gun. We haven't been talking about it a lot. Um, I mean, it seems like Joey Porter's fell off the, the face of the earth. Nobody's even talking about him anymore. He's wow. dropping down the board left and right. You're right, right man. That thing doesn't even get brought up anymore. Right. I mean, we talked about him being like the number top three corners in the league, but, you know, there's guys that have jumped up through the ranks, like Cam Smith, you know, from, from South Carolina. A lot of people are talking about him, and I, you know, that's a lot of notes on him. He's really good. Guy like Kaylee Ringo, he is he fascinates me, man, because he's six foot two, two hundred five pounds, and runs a four three forty. Yep. This is a corner that big, that strong, that linky, has coverage skills. That's why he's so interesting, you know, as far as especially being if you can get him around a number thirty pick, that'll be. That's a match made in heaven, man. Bring this guy in, man. At mm-hmm. that type of frame, and right now he's training. He's training with uh, uh, what's his name? Sherman, Richard, Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman. 
Yep. He's training with him right now. So if he gets Richard Sherman's technique and learns his technique, because Sherman was slow as pond water, man. He couldn't run, you know, he couldn't, he was not a fat. He, he probably ran like a four, six or four, mm-hmm. seven, you know what I'm saying? Couldn't run, but he could play, man. Uh, getting his athletic, um, his athleticism as far as <clears throat> techniques, how to, you know, carry a, a receiver, how to slow a receiver down, getting all those little things, little idiosyncrasies. With his athletic prowess, 6'2", 205-pound, running 4340, bruh, he could be a monster, a shutdown corner-esque type of player, man. Big, strong, and fast. Is he there second round where they're picking, you think? Um, he's going to be right around that that 28 to the second round, mid uh, to you know mid to early second round. So there will be some teams that are going to entertain – Picking him up there just because his 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 body size, you know, and his intangibles are just there. They just jump out on the screen, and and, and on the screen, and he's the one that closed out the um, the national championship game two years ago mm-hmm. with a pick and took it to the house when they're playing Alabama. Oh, that's right. He's really good, man. He's really, really, really good, man. And, and it's not like he didn't have a technique for. I mean, he he balled out for uh, Georgia, but just imagine him getting everything as far as you know tutelage and learning behind Slay. Bradbury, you know, Greedy Williams. Learn behind those guys. When this kid steps on the field, you'll have a monster there. Guaranteed yeah. pro bowler. Right. And, and that's the thing, Derek. It's so hard to to predict Howie. I mean, we know in years past he's he he will think out of the box, whether that's a trade. I the you know, the other question I would have is are we looking at any kind of trade with one of those picks for a, a an established player like we saw last year with, mm. with an A.J. Brown? Do they try and get defensive help for someone who's unhappy in their situation? I don't know. I don't know if they have the cap flexibility to be able to do that. But, you know, maybe we should look at that as well. Um, I agree with you. I don't think Howie wants to get give up more picks this draft than he gets. Um. The, the, how he understands and an organization understands you've got to sprinkle in X amount of young talent on that defensive side of the ball. And the best way to do it is sooner rather than later. And that's why I feel that Howie somehow, some way he's going to have a splash move with that early pick, but that latter pick in particular is going to be for volume to get some young pieces back. But then again, Rob, from what we've seen of Howie, how he's not afraid to make a trade uh, to get what he he needs. And could this be a year he subscribes to the theory of, I can get a proven player if I do this, more so than drafting a player, no matter what the scouting report says, that he has a chance to be a great one. As we know in the first round, it's so many hit or misses in the first round a lot of times. And when you take that hit, then you're set back for another year or two because you missed out on that possibility compared to going out and getting somebody who already has been seen as a proven commodity at this level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Go back. Well, hey, guys, I'm, I'm looking at the screen, uh, the, the stream. Uh, yeah, no, by the way, I can't bring anybody up because I'm on remote. So just, oh, okay, okay. Folks, just so, so folks know, I'm not ignoring you guys. I just can't bring you up. But Barrett, go ahead. Do you want to reference somebody? Yeah, I was going to rest with Ringo. That's it. That's why. I, that's why I keep prefacing him going and working out 
with Richard Sherman <laughs> because yeah. he doesn't have the technique. He hadn't had to learn technique at the quarterback position because he's so much of a damn good athlete that he can run. He's got makeup speed and all those things. Imagine if he sits behind those guys and, 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 and gets a feeling for the game of, of learning the techniques of being a quarterback. That's what I was saying, guys. That's why I said his him working out and, and, and sitting behind those guys to learn the techniques to being a great corner. You know what I'm saying? He's already a good corner, but he could be great. He could be awesome, man. He, I mean, that's a, that's the same type of number, you know, same type of size that uh, BT had, Bobby Taylor. Mm-hmm. Bobby Taylor's about six foot two, about 190, 200. Yeah, and, and they look, he was drafted, um, you know, in large part, well, in addition to his skills, but they wanted to try to combat Michael Irvin. Yep. You know, that's yep. one of the reasons they did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, that was they, an epic battle, wasn't it? For years, it was an epic oh, battle. It was really amazing. It really yep. was. It was fun. It was fun. Now, teams rarely will admit that kind of thing. Like, we, we took so-and-so just to combat, you know, so-and-so, but it's true. I mean, that is why they took Bobby Taylor. There's no doubt. Why is Porter falling? I know he wasn't a big interception guy at Penn State. I don't State. know. What, what, he's what, a, yeah. He, he's, he has – okay, he ran a 4-4-40. It was a, it was a um, – it, it, it was a four four forty, but what what holds him back is he's too touchy feely, man. He he uh, he's going to get a lot of holding calls to start off in the NFL, and that's a, that'll that'll be a problem because he likes to use his hands so much and and he wants to reroute guys and stuff. He's going to get a lot of penalties because he doesn't know yet how to run in sync. You know what I'm saying with the, with the receiver. You know what I'm saying like swing his hips and run with the guy, or he, he's not that versed at that right now. You know what I'm saying. So he didn't have a lot of picks because a lot of teams did throw to him, but he got so many flags that, you know, that's that's basically, you know, what what was making him drop. His technique isn't as sound as it should be. Mm. Well, you know what? They say the same thing about Witherspoon, that this guy loves hand-to-hand combat so much. But the difference is he can also run with most receivers. He can yep. change directions on a dime. But they, they also said that they feel he's – until he learns to be a little bit more crafty – He's going to early on in his career be subjected to a lot of uh, pass interference calls yep. because he loves to play bump and run. He loves to get physical. He loves to knock receivers off routes. And, you know, he's going to have to be groomed on knowing when and when not to grab, knowing the re- here's the key is knowing the referee core because the ref- one group of referees lets players get away with stuff that another group doesn't. So you're going to have to know who the refs are for the, uh, of that day as well who allow you to do a little bit more things more so than another group will. You have to, man. You got to know who's going to allow it and who's not going to allow it. And the, with, with the way that, you know, officials are officiating these days, yep. they're going to give the benefit of the doubt to the offensive side of the ball because offense is what people want to see. They want to see the long touchdowns. They want to see big plays. And – when you stop a team from getting those big plays by going out there and, you know, tugging and and, and, and pushing too much, that's what happens, bro. That's what happens. Yeah. Mm. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. But, uh, yeah, look, it's, it's going to be one of those nights, man. And we're going to keep on, you know, cranking, getting you set for this thing. And we've already had James Palmer on. We already had Chris Franklin on from NJ.com. If you missed any of those interviews, just go to jacobsports.com. You can check them out. We'll have John McMullen coming up at the top of the hour as well as we're getting you set for the NFL Draft 2023. Of course, we have our show tonight as well at 8 o'clock, the Jacob Special uh, Draft, and it'll be myself, D-Gun, 
Seth Joyner, uh, John McMullen, and Mark Barzetta as well, right here from Top Golf in Ocean Casino Resort. Um, yeah, look, there's a, there's a lot of players, and there's a lot of different ways that you can look at this thing and what they may end up doing because there's the Eagles have needs despite being such a good team. They have need at offensive line. They need a defensive line. Later in the draft, certainly uh, linebacker safety could come into play. How early would they pull that trigger? It would be amazing if they went running back. Let's say it ended up being Bijan and Brian Branch. First of all, I think that would be a really interesting good draft. But that would we could maybe put aside all the running back safety never taken in the first round kind of talk because it would be the first time since '86 they take a running back and safety. Yep. I couldn't even tell you the last time they took a safety in the first round. It's been a yep. long, long time. So we, we can put the rest of all that kind of stuff. And I just think you can't put all those – like they have their, their, their tenets, their beliefs, their core philosophies. But I, it feels like this year it's going to be different. And maybe I'm just getting to the point where I'm like loopy about this and I'm talking myself into things. But it does kind of feel like that to me, that this is going to just be a different year, even by Eagle standards. Well, because the talent is a lot different. And the, I mean, GM's got to make their money this draft. The GMs are going to have to make their money. You know, it's, it's not going to be as easy as it was before. You got to really evaluate the talent, and listen to your scouts, and really see if this guy really fits your system. Because, because the lack of not the lack of top tier talent, you got to take a guy that's that's good. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that this draft isn't good, but you got to take a guy that's good and make him into something great instead of having somebody great step on off the you know plane from day one and being great. You know. I don't see any Micah Parsons-esque type of players to just come out there. Now, like, really, I say that because Parsons had a phenomenal two years, and that's why I'm, he's like the measuring rod of what I want from a defensive end slash edge rusher right now. That's why I'm really bullish on 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 um, Smith. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm and I no I'm one Smith, on, yep. no one Smith. I'm bullish on Smith because of that. Yeah. You no, know, I, I mean, I want somebody to come in and make an instant impact. Jalen Carter will be an instant impact. You know no what I mean? Question. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's let's uh, let's get a timeout. We will come back and we will talk to John McMullen from Birds 365 each and every day, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Jody McDonald. He'll also be joining us tonight for the Jacob Draft Special right here at Top Golf Ocean Casino Resort. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. They're an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions, uh, and they are just a quick phone call away. They are experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. They specialize in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. Now, keep in mind, we're in that time of year in the spring where it's a good time to get your trees evaluated before the summer winds and rain kick in heavy, and you might have a bigger problem on your hand. You go to their Facebook or Instagram page for a sampling of their work or more information. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848, or online at flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Hour number three of the program. We appreciate you hanging out with us. If you could hit that like button. Uh, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We're coming to you from Ocean Casino Resort Top Golf. Yes, this is this is like the appetizer, man. And then the main course tonight, eight o'clock with the full-blown draft show. But we are rolling today. Have had a great show. What what great guests so far? Uh, we have had James Palmer. We have had, in addition to James Palmer, Chris Franklin from NJ.com. And joining us now, you catch him each and every Monday through Friday, along with Jody McDonald on Birds 365. That would be John McMullen. You can also follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen. He is our Eagles insider. John, what's going on, my man? What's up, guys? How are you? What's up, man? John, we're ready. Okay, we're, we're under six hours now. Okay, we're ready for this draft to happen. I'm going to put you right on the spot, right out of the gate. What happens at number 10? Trade up, trade back. Who do they select if they stay put? Um, the Eagles are trying to get up, and they're trying to get up to get a pass rusher. So, you know, it's Jalen Carter most likely. Uh, Will Anderson is probably the top player on their board. I don't, I don't think the thought is they can get up high enough, but you never know if, if 
if if Houston goes Tyree Wilson, all of a sudden Will Anderson starts to fall a bit. He's in the equation, and and Wilson as well because he's got a bit of a medical issue. Um, so when Howie was talking about impact and unique, he was talking about those pass rushers. They want to go up. They don't feel they're going to be in this position very often. That's the plan, at least, is how we described it. Uh, they don't plan to be there on merit and lose football games. So they want to take advantage of the situation they're in. And Jalen Carter, I, I, this is no surprise to everybody, but if they don't know, he's on the board. So the Eagles are, you know, Jeffrey Lurie's approved that they're allowed to take him. Um, and no surprise, he is a big, big, big part of this. Hmm. Well, so I, will, think, I will go. Oh, good, B. Brooks. I was going to say. Um, so, are you saying that uh, ten and thirty is in play to get Carter? Would you? Would you? Would you I don't. I don't. It, you know, if you think about uh, it, Seattle at five, um, and and even Detroit at six, are are the concerns? I think with Jalen Carter, if he falls below. Um, Detroit, I think you really start to see the juices start to flow um, because I don't think Las Vegas is going to take them. Um, and then you start talking about Atlanta. Uh, what does Atlanta want to do? Do they want B. John Robinson? A lot of people have speculated that. Are they comfortable with Chicago? Because Chicago would take Jalen Carter. The Eagles have to get ahead of Chicago. To get from 10 to 8, you look at the trade chart, um, you know, all you'd have to do is give up that third round pick, 94, uh, to get up there. If Atlanta's comfortable with, say, you know, Chicago's going to take an offensive lineman, not be John Robinson, they might be willing to do that. Get the player they want anyway, drop down a couple spots. John, I will go so far as to say, as I've said consistently over the past weekend on, on this show today, that Carter is – the Eagles number one priority. Um, and it go and here's, and here's what tells you what they think about this young man's talent. The Eagles normally don't take a player that has a lot of baggage off the field. They are such a high culture. They live by this high culture, high character entity. But what I was told across the street was production equals tolerance. And I think that says a lot in terms of, Wow. They, they feel that his talent level is such that you can't pass up on him, number one, and number two, that they have enough people in that locker room that they feel like they could lead this young man in the right direction. Yeah, no question about it. You know, that, that old talent tolerance equation, you know, the more talent you have, Barrett, you know this. I mean, the more tolerance you get in the NFL, that's, that's just right. the reality. It might not be right. Jeffrey Lurie's proven in the past as well. He's willing to give people second chances. Yep. Um, that so that part of it checks out. And and then you have, you know, you mentioned Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. The Eagles are willing, and even if you bring in Jason Kelsey, guys on the offensive side of the ball, Jalen Hurts, even though he's only twenty four, um, the leadership they feel, the locker room, you know, even last year with C.J. Gardner Johnson, there were some questions, and they said. We'll control them. We have leaders, uh, and it worked out at least for a year. Um, 
And then Jordan Davis. I mean, Jordan Davis is mm-hmm. sort of a mentor as young as he is to Jalen Carter. So that's a big part of it. And having Nicobe mm-hmm. Dean here as well, um, it's a good fit for both sides if the Eagles can figure it out. The problem is it's a really good player. Seattle might want him. Detroit might mm-hmm. want him. Chicago does want him. Chicago's taking him if he gets down to nine. So the Eagles are going to have to go up and get him. How big a priority is offensive line, John? Is it a priority that high? It's always a priority with this team. If they, you know, if they take an offensive lineman, if they're forced to stay at 10 and they take an offensive lineman, it wouldn't shock me at all. Wouldn't shock me at all. What from what I got, they have their tier one players are are basically, you know, you're you're Xing out the quarterbacks for obvious reasons. Um it's Will Anderson. It, it's it's uh, Jalen Carter. Um, it, it's Tyree Wilson, and it's it's uh, Paris Johnson. So those are the guys that sort of they have tier one, and then you start talking tier two, and that'd be the Nolan Smiths of the world, the Lucas Van Nesses, the Peter Skaronskis, guys in that range. And if you're down to ten. You know, they probably want to fall back a little bit there if you can and pick up some extra draft capital. But if you can't, I think they'd be comfortable with any of those names and, mm-hmm. and, and, and you know, call it a day. But, you know, the one thing Howie said, Howie doesn't give me any information on players or anything like that, but occasionally he, he gives you some input into his themes, his philosophies, things like that. Right. And, and he made it very clear – yeah, because I, I think a lot of people are focusing on they don't have a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. If they can get a difference maker, what they feel is a great player, they don't care about that. They're, they want to take advantage of the situation and go up and get a, a player like Jalen Carter. Well, that, that, that leads to what tier is B. John Robinson and how much of this is smoke and how much of it is real in your estimation, John? Exactly. <laughs> I, I think – you know, he's a tier one player. I should have put him in that tier one. I just don't think the Eagles are taking him. Um, for you know, we know we, we've all been around this team for a long time. Um, the evaluation of the player doesn't make up with the valuation of the spot in their eyes. Um, in other words, you know, they, they think he's a really good player. They don't necessarily see the value at number 10. Um, I think a lot of their interest is smoke, you know, maybe to try to get somebody to trade up. In other words, if they can't move up to get what they want, and I was just talking about moving down, if they can convince somebody if Bijan's still on the board, somebody to come up to take them, and they can pick up some extra draft capital that way. Um but yeah, count me in the camp. I'm not going to retire like Howard, our buddy Howard. But oh, count yeah. me in the camp that they're not they're not taking Bijan Robinson. Yeah. So what John's referencing is Howard Eskin said he would retire if they took Bijan Robinson with that yeah. pick. Well, Howard, Howard, though, I'll believe when I see it. By the way. Yeah, he's not retired. But how how he um, Howard is is savvy. He said at number 10 he made it very clear so if yeah. they drop down and take him mm-hmm. if they move up and take him it doesn't count right he's very right. savvy 
I, I'm, I've consistently been on the board that there's no way they take a B. John Robinson, but it just keeps resonating in my ear with how he said at his most recent press conference when he said, you know, when you're in a position to take a unique player, you'd be foolish not to seriously consider that. Um, he said, but if you just draft just based on need alone and it turns out to be somebody that doesn't pan out, it's a wasted pick. So that word unique continues to stick in the back of my mind because Bijan is a unique player in a draft that's not deep on frontline players. And when you're drafting in the top 12 to 15, everybody wants to feel they come away with one or two. In Houston's case, since they have two of the first 12 picks, that they've come away with unique type players. Yeah, um, well, I think everybody kind of latched on to that word, uh, yep. Deacon, yep. um, at least a lot of people, and they said, oh, Bijan. Now, I checked the thesaurus.com. Mm -hmm. I did not see a picture of Bijan under the word. There you, you go. Um, <laughs> not that, Hey, he's a really good player. He's a really good player. But I think they were talking about the pass rushers, the guys I was talking about. And it, if you listen to how we further – he talked about unique players on the offensive line when he when he described it. And he said all their successful guys are unique, and he went down the list. Everybody from former first-round picks like Lane Johnson down to Jason Kelsey, who was unique as a six-round pick because of his ability mm -hmm. to move, all the mm -hmm. way to Jordan Mailata for obvious reasons as a developmental player. He, he, he was talking about unique traits mm -hmm. at a particular position. Um Bijan fits that description. I'm not saying he doesn't, but he's not the only one who fits that description. Right. And I think for whatever reason, you know, people just said, oh, he's talking about Bijan Robinson. I, you know, because they want Bijan because it's, you know, skill position player. Most fan bases like skill position players. It's not just Philadelphia, it's everywhere. You know, if you draft Big Barrett Brooks and you get him for a decade, you know, great. Uh, but people want guys catching touchdowns, scoring touchdowns, throwing touchdowns. Well, it, then right now I'm looking at the draft and, and the quarterback situation. And are you believing everything as far as, you know, the mix up with all these quarterbacks and where they're going and, how it's going to directly affect the order in which these guys uh, pick and trade in and out. What what really is is going to determine uh, trading in and out? Is it, is it the pass rushers, the quarterbacks, O-line? What would you think would be the biggest thing to get this thing all mixed up? Well, it's always quarterbacks. And, you know, throughout most of this process, I think a lot of people thought four quarterbacks were going in the top nine and that would really help the Eagles. Right, um, right. You know, as we get closer, kind of drop down to two in most of the, you know, really plugged in mock drafts. And now we're back up to three because it looks like Tennessee's trying to get up to get C.J. Stroud. Um, so it's always about quarterbacks, number first and foremost, because not only is it obviously the most important position, but – if you're looking to trade down like Arizona, you get more value for a quarterback mm -hmm. than somebody going up to get an edge rusher. It might not be right. People look at the trade chart and say, all right, 1,700 points of seven. It doesn't work like that. You saw it with Patrick Mahomes. 
Chiefs had to overpay to a ludicrous degree to go up and get Patrick Mahomes. And people kind of, you know, there's a lot of revisionist history. They criticized them at the time. Absolutely. And now it doesn't matter because if you hit on the quarterback, doesn't matter what you give up. Mm-hmm. If you if you don't hit like Chicago with Mitchell Trubisky or San Francisco with Trey Lance, it looks really, really bad. But quarterbacks always fuel the thing, especially at the top of the draft. So with that in mind, John, if we're assuming Bryce Young at one, do you think Stroud is number two, or do you think that's very much open between Levis and Richardson uh, in that? No, I I think Houston is going edge rusher, and I think it's, you know, what do they like better, Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson? So I I think Will or Tyree are going number two, and then you start talking about what is Arizona going to do? And that's where I think Tennessee might come up um, to get C.J. Stroud. And I don't leave Indianapolis. Indianapolis is interesting because, you know, I think Chris Ballard likes Will Levis, uh, the assistant GM. uh, Ed Dodd, uh, Dodd supposedly likes Stroud, but he might be gone. And if you think about Shane Steichen, look where he came from. Man, yep. he just saw the Eagles' offense and what it was able to do with the RPOs and mm-hmm. the, and and the zone reads. If I'm Shane Steichen, I, I might look at Anthony Richardson. So, but I, ultimately, I think Chris Ballard's going to make the decision. He's going to take Will Levis, but it would it, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. But if Tennessee doesn't come up, because remember they're at eleven, and um, Houston is at 12, so they go again. And I think both of them are feeling, well, we can get, we might be able to get an Anthony Richardson or even a Hendon Hooker. He's going to go before people realize. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are thinking, eh, the Eagles might be able to trade out a 30 for somebody to get up uh, to draft Hendon Hooker. Uh, he might go before that, much, maybe a lot before that. Hey, John, what did you think when it came out earlier this week that uh, all of a sudden Levis shot up the betting boards from 400 to one prospect to go high in the draft to now four to one? Yeah. Um, you know, all, this, all of a sudden, not, not major money, but the money started moving in his direction. Well, you know, Jody is the gambling expert, so yeah. I, 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 take his, <laughs> I take his advice on that kind of stuff. And it's, you know... Because think about it, it's kind of hinky. If you're Chris Ballard and you know, you know, the NFL pays attention, I'm not trying to accuse anybody of anything. But the point is, it would be easy for this information to get out by certain people and certain people in the organization might be, might take advantage of it. So the NFL is really careful with this kind of stuff. But from a betting market, Jody told me, those types of things you can only you have a very limited cap so you can't bet a lot of money because they know there's too much manipulation that can go on uh you know these casinos and these gambling sites so i don't pay too much attention to that kind of stuff when you see the spike of of will levis because a lot of people were saying he was going to go number one and that was never Mm -hmm. the case Mm -hmm. i mean bryce young is going number one so i think people just like value 
And they say, let me put a couple bucks down on Will Levis and maybe maybe I'll yeah. win some money. Yeah, it's a good payoff. <laughs> um, how much input does Nick Sirianni have in this process, John? Oh, a lot. I think, you know, if, you know, this is the Eagles' first draft uh, without a true vice president of player personnel in many years. You had Joe Douglas, uh, just congratulations to Joe for finally getting it done with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, then you had Andy Weidel. Now, remember what Howie did when Andy left. Um, he promoted uh, John Ferrari, who was a compliance guy, you know, um, football operations guy, and Alec Hallaby, who's an analytics guy. There's no, there's no sort of, if you want to use that term, football guy. Um, and I say that they have a huge scouting department. They have plenty of football guys in the scouting department. But there's no clear number two. There was always a clear number two behind Howie Roseman. Now, from a personnel standpoint, there's no clear number two. Mm-hmm. Who fills that vacuum? Nick Sirianni. Yeah. John, let me ask you this. You just brought up Aaron Rodgers because we debated this the uh, this week. Now that it's official, he's going to the Jets. When you look at the arsenal of, of talent the Jets have on both sides of the football, does that make them the odds-on favorite to win the AFC East now more so than Buffalo? Buffalo's had their shots. They've had to delete some key talent now from free agency. Do the Jets now ascend to the to the highest pecking order in that division? Um, yeah, I mean they're they're a legitimate contender now. I mean overnight, mm-hmm. um, that's how quick I think Garrett Wilson's going to have a monster season with mm-hmm. with with Aaron Rodgers. But um, yeah, I mean they're really good. The problem, and this is good for the Eagles. Um, Look at the AFC quarterbacks versus the NFC quarterbacks. I mean, now you're bringing Rodgers over with Mahomes and Burrow and Josh Allen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. On the NFC side, who's number two? And how amazing is it that 12 months ago, if I told you guys, if we were here and we were here, um, (laughs) last year at this time, and I said, Jalen Hurts would be no doubt about it, best quarterback in the NFC. You would have laughed at me. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been, so. we been talking about Dallas. Yeah, and, and he just signed a five-year, $255 million yeah. extension. Yeah, he, He's number one in the NFC, and number two is not close. Uh, it's probably mm-hmm. Dak Prescott, I would, I mm-hmm. would think. Um, you could make some arguments for – Cousins, 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 yeah. cousins, Derek Carr, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jared, well, what about Jared Goff? Yeah, Matthew uh, Stafford was a guy that you know. We yeah, were Matthew, about. He's great. Matthew. Yeah, Matthew's a good player if he's healthy. But mm-hmm. um, it's amazing the difference. So, yeah, the Jets are relevant um, for the first time in a long time, yep. and that's you know I get it. He's going to be forty in December, but he's still. A really good quarterback. Mm. How um, how likely is it that Trey Lance gets traded in your estimation, John? Is, is that a possibility? <clears throat> and, and if they do that, it, Purdy may not be able to start the season. How do you think? Well, that's the thing. Is? Yeah. I'm on the air with the biggest Brock Purdy fan in the history of the world every single day. 
Jody's love of Brock Purdy drives me insane. It's a little uncomfortable sometimes. I mean, uh, the, guy, the guy has played six games. He did a tremendous job. But remember, he's got Kyle Shanahan, who was protecting him like you wouldn't believe. Two things about Trey Lance. One, you know how GMs are. John Lynch isn't going to want to admit he's made a mistake this early. And, and, and Rob, you bring up a good point. I think everybody forgets Hassan Reddick wrecked Brock Purdy. He's got a torn UCL. Anybody who's a baseball fan knows he ain't showing up for week one. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the 49ers say in April. He ain't showing up in yeah. week one. So they need a quarterback. And they have the built-in excuse to let Trey Lance compete in training camp. They also have Sam Darnold, but... They've a built-in excuse to get that kid a second chance. And by the way, anybody who 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 plays, that might be the best team in the NFL, roster-wise. Yep. Um, they're gonna win games. So Brock Purdy's not gonna be there. I don't think they're pulling the plug on Trey Lance unless they get, you know, number one picks. And who's giving them a number one pick for Trey yeah, Lance really. at this yeah. point? Yeah. Yeah. That that's why it's just such a bad look for them that you're if you get you're almost give trying to give them away for pennies on the dollar. Why does that make sense? And no, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, and they need a quarterback because yeah. the quarter even if you love, even if you stipulate Brock Purdy as the starter, he's not going to be ready yeah. week one. He's yeah. not. No, it just doesn't make any sense. Yep. Yeah. There's no question about that. All right, so John, it, it, when we're sitting here and you're you're doing Birds 365 tomorrow, are we in shock mode, surprise mode, uh, sort of played out the way you thought mode? How would you, how you gonna? Let, let's forecast a little bit. How you how you think this is gonna go? Uh, shock mode. Okay. Uh, what 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 shock mode would probably be to me, Bijan Robinson. So you know. I don't know about you guys, but that's what would shock me. If they end up with a defensive lineman, which I expect, or an offensive lineman, which I don't expect, but it wouldn't shock mm. me. Um, even a corner wouldn't shock me. If you're down at 10 and you can't move, right, and you're forced to take the pick, because mm. I think a lot of people forget you need two to tango, just because you want to trade up doesn't mean you can just because you want to trade down doesn't mean you can. If they're forced to take that pick, say Christian Gonzalez is there, mm-hmm. you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. Mm-hmm. Um, so about the only thing that would shock me at ten is Bijan. Okay. Um, at yeah. thirty, um, a lot of things could shock me, um, you know, and that's dependent on what happens at ten as well. Okay. I've heard the name Matthew Bergeron a lot. Hmm. A kid from Syracuse who nobody has a, really has a potential yeah, first-round pick. And now all of a sudden he's showing up on a lot of people. And I think the Eagles like him. If they if they go defensive line early, you know, that would that would kind of shock people, I think. All right, John, we're looking forward to it, man. We're going to be touching base with you tonight as well uh, during our Jacob Draft Special, which begins at 8 o'clock right here from Top Golf Ocean Casino Resort. It'll be John. It'll be Mark Barzetta. It'll be Seth Joyner. It'll be Derek Gunn, myself. It's going to be a fun night, John. <laughs> it, 
I, you know, you sitting there at 10 and 30, there could be a lot that could happen either before, after, in between. Strap in, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Let's go. And remember how we had yep. three first round picks Wait. last year. Yeah. He didn't take any of them in the yeah. spot he was supposed to take. And he traded yeah. out before the draft. Um, he traded up to get Jordan Davis. He traded uh, for AJ Brown. So I'm going to get that's the one thing I'm going to guarantee. They don't pick at 10 and 30. Right. Mm. Makes sense. Makes sense. John, thanks, man. Appreciate you giving us. Appreciate you, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. All right. That is John McMullen. We'll be discussing this all with tonight as well as our cast of thousands. That's for sure. All right. Good stuff there from John. Let's get a quick time out in here. We'll roll into our final segment, guys. We'll continue with the Eagles chatter. We will mix it a little bit of that. We didn't talk about the NBA yet at all. And Gunner, I know you got a couple of things you want to get off your chest as well regarding the, uh, some of these games last night and who's advancing, who isn't. Uh, so we'll dig into all those kind of things. When we come back, don't go anywhere. That's Barrett. That's Derek. I am Rob. We're coming to you from Ocean Casino Resort. All right, let's talk about Razor Technology. You know, Razor Technology is the place that you turn to for IT help, for IT security, for um, a place that can help you make your life a lot easier, both as a business and, you know, as, as someone who, you know, is just looking to get things off the ground in terms of a business that you know, goes. I mean, Razor Technology can help you in a lot of different ways, that is for sure. And I know, uh, you know, when, when you're talking about IT support, there's nobody better. There's nobody better in the business, period. And you can give them a call, 866-797-3282. That's 866-797-3282. You can also reach them online at Razor-Tech.com. That's razor Tech. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home you were catastrophically injured your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker, Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was gonna be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was gonna be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was gonna be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Is up, my friends. Final segment of the show. Uh, Barrett, Derek, Rob, hanging out with you today. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We are coming to you from Ocean Casino Resort from Top Golf. Uh, it's been gl- it's been awesome so far. It's going to be wild tonight. We had a great crowd here last year, and I'm sure uh, it will be very, very busy again uh, tonight, starting at eight o'clock. That's when the draft show begins, right at eight, because that's when the draft starts, and it's going to be fast and furious, Barrett. You know that. And we're going to be hearing all the rumors and we'll be reacting to all that I can't wait. But mm-hmm. let me uh, let me hit you guys with this. We didn't really get a chance to dig into anything else, really. But last night we had four NBA games and we saw the, uh, the Knicks advance past the uh, the Cavaliers. We saw the Grizzlies cut that series to three to two with the Lakers. We saw the Warriors take a three to two lead. But the craziest game of the night of the four was the eat in the Bucks. And this was yet another game where it looked like Milwaukee was about to put them away. They were down, the Heat were down 16 in the fourth quarter and somehow, some way came back and eliminated. That's an eight versus a one. Derek Gunn, your thoughts? No, 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 no. Don't say your thoughts. Why not? You're, supposed be, you're supposed to be mad, pissed off, ready to holler and cuss. That's what you need to be doing right now. Bucks should be up in this series three games to two. Two games in a row. They had big leads late in the second half. And choked. And they built this team, this particular team, with all these shooters on the team. Did you notice in the last five, six minutes of the game in regulation, when they started turning the ball over, nobody wanted to take the shot. Nobody wanted to take the shot. But the thing that bothers me most about the game, and the only thing that got the thing that got under my skin, because I'm texting with family and friends throughout the course of the fourth quarter. I said, here we go again. Once Jimmy Butler decided to be Jimmy Buckets, um, I said, here we go again. First of all, the last play of regulation, Butler Butler pushed off. Butler got away with the push off, and he throws that bucket up, bang, it's in. Then in overtime, Giannis has the ball in the paint late in the game. Butler fouls him. They didn't call it up, you know. But the bigger bigger travesty was Grayson Allen had the ball in the paint. It's a time's running out. Bucks had the ball with eight seconds left. They're passing the ball, and nobody wants to take the shot. Grayson Allen drives the paint. He throws up some half-butt hook shot too late after the buzzer. He had a wide open look in the paint and wouldn't take yep. it. Yep. Wouldn't take it. Bro. So I said to myself, you know what I said? Ten years ago, I would have probably taken my laptop and thrown it on the ground. And my wife was like, what did you do? just do? I got up from there and I start, I just started laughing. I started laughing. They got exactly what they deserved. Bro, I exactly. just didn't understand it. I didn't understand it, man. Because, I mean, you could tell the entire – in fact, I'm going to tell you – 
Uh-oh. Buckets. You know what I'm saying? He started the game off pushing too hard. He started going yep. and mm-hmm. shooting all kind of crazy shots. I'm like, yep. don't yep. force it. Don't force it. He started forcing it. Then all of a sudden, I mean, he wasn't even hot. And all right. of a sudden, man, he just got hot at the end of the game. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. So I love, wow. I love this goober here, this JM. Of course, a Wisconsin crybaby is crying about Butler. Have you guys ever heard me cry about a Wisconsin team? You ever have I not no. been consistent in terms of when they, I tell you like it is? Yes. Unlike yeah, a lot of fans who whine and cry, my team lost. They should have won. Now you don't hear. So obviously, so JM, I gave you your five seconds of fame. I gave you recognition because you have no idea what you're talking about. Have a good day. Well, Go look, ahead, I mean, what what Butler's done. The only question I have is, I mean, it was an incredible performance by him, just sort of dragging them to the finish line. They're doing it without Oladipo, without Hero. It's crazy. Right, it is. It is. I wonder, like, and they're going to get the Knicks next. Um, does he hit a wall at any point? Is he able mm. to continue, even if to get past that, to get into the Eastern Conference Finals and then the championship? I mean, this is early to be doing everything that he has to be doing. Yeah. Here's the other thing that's interesting. You know, you're talking about a Knicks team and a Heat team that weren't even close in terms of seeding to right. the Sixers and, and the Celtics, but because the NBA doesn't reseed, the Sixers have to face the Celtics. They should be facing the Heat next if, if this thing right, is reseeded right, properly, right. If, if the regular season really mattered, but it doesn't. I find these playoffs fascinating, man. I think across the board, there's been so much unpredictability in these playoffs. Um, and then look at the storylines that have that are not even about what's on the court. Uh, the multitude of high-quality players that have missed games or bowed out of series because of injuries. You know, you look at Miami. You look at what happened to the Clippers. You know, so on and so forth. You know, you look at uh, Memphis didn't have John Morant for a few games. You know, it, it's been – the storylines have been great. Dudes getting suspended for a game. You know, technical – the multitude of technical fouls in these series, man. It's It's been a crazy storyline, and I can't wait to see which two teams get to the finish line to square off in the NBA Finals. Yeah, I mean, you have a really hot Knicks team right now. I mean, they're playing unbelievable there basketball. They are. And the Heat, who just went through a you know a one seed, I know Giannis was was banged up and missed a couple games and, and was compromised and all that. But damn, I mean that was two really impressive performances. And you know the thing is with the Sixers, we keep talking about you know having this extra time is going to help them beat, and I believe that. Yeah, but yep, do, yep. do you worry at all about rust? I mean, they're gonna they're gonna go almost two weeks without playing a game. No, hopefully they get themselves together, man. Hopefully they get themselves together, man. I mean. You got to applaud the way they played, went in, took care of their business, and got yep. up out of there. Yep. You know, yep. They were they were up against yep. the ropes. They fought their way off the ropes and came back and won yep. the game they should have won. That's you know right. What I'm They're doing exactly what they need to do, and other teams aren't doing that. Yeah. You know, this the series should have been over. They should be playing. In fact, they should be playing in two days. But subs couldn't go out there and take care of business. Right. Right. So was it two two now or what? No, 3-2 three, Boston. 3-2 three, two. Three, two going three, back two, to Atlanta tonight. Yeah. Yeah, and if there's a game seven, it'll be Saturday. So then I, I guess that means Monday for the, for the semis. I want, I want Embiid to have as much rest as possible because, you know, teams never tell you everything. And we don't know how bad that knee if – these, if he's talking about playing with a brace, that's a concern mm-hmm. because that's going to affect a lot of his mobility. And you're lugging that thing up and down the court, you know, and I always talk to offensive linemen about wearing a brace. You know, they say you get used to it, but you're lugging extra hardware up and down the field, and it wears on you. It's a physical strain after a while. Even mm-hmm. with the newfangled, 
you know, lighter technology materials they use and stuff like that, <clears throat> you're still lugging extra hardware up and down uh, on your body as well. So if Embiid is truly going to wear a brace now, I don't like that notion, especially if you have to go in, into a longer series. Like I'm anticipating playing with Boston. It could be a six or seven game series. Yeah. You know, so that's why I say right now, Atlanta did Atlanta did the Sixers a favor extending that series a few more days. Yeah, and look, if anything, it's just making Boston work harder, you know, tiring them out maybe a little bit, all that kind of thing. A little wear and tear on them is is not a bad thing for sure. And you know, I, what they've also done is they've they've shown Boston to be a little vulnerable here. You know, they Boston goes in some real defensive lapses, man. Yeah, and I, yeah, I know, you know, Trey Young can be a really difficult guy to deal with, but still, uh, you know, they're not Boston's not as invincible as everybody is making them out to be here. I, and I know they match up well against the Sixers, but still, uh, yeah. I mean, and Doc said yesterday, there's still no timetable right now on Joel. So any extra time you get here is is gravy. It yes. really is. It's just Absolutely. good. You know, I needed it, man. I told you from the very beginning, health is the biggest key for this team. I believe that they could have played against any team and beat any team if they're healthy. But you got to be healthy, though. I don't see them as being healthy. I mean, just as I thought, we 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 actually got into we got into the series relatively healthy, and all of a sudden, bam, the, the bottom fell out on Embiid. It's you know, it's it's, it's frustrating. When, it is, man. It yeah. is, man. It is. Yeah. Man. No question. All right, let's um <laughs> let's get our birthdays in here, and then we'll swing back to the Eagles and, and sort of lay out our final predictions and what we're looking at here. Okay. Um, so let's start with this one. 1822, Ulysses S. Grant, our 18th president, uh, was wow. born. Yes. And this is the beauty of the birthday segment. We go from Ulysses Grant to Lizzo. Lizzo is 35 today. <laughs> Happy, birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Lizzo. Those two are rarely used in the same sentence. But there right, you right. Um, uh, Casey Kasem was born on this day in 1932. Yes. If you're was that a, top 40? America's, yes. America's top 40. And he he was next. the smoothest. He was the smoothest man. Up next on America's top 40. Yeah. I love this voice. Uh, you you, know, know, you yeah. know he was a... Uh, um, he was shaggy on Scooby-Doo. Yes. He was. Yes. He was. He was shaggy on Scooby-Doo. That's exactly right. And, and you right. know, at, at one point when his career reached this height, you could go anywhere in the country and it would always be on a radio, anybody's radio station, yeah. a Casey Kasem update for something. He would always get, you know, little Timmy lost his puppy. And yeah. this song yeah. is going out to, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah. So uh, there's Casey Kasem. Uh, Coretta Scott King, uh, Martin Luther King's uh, widow, 1927. She was born. Um, Sheena Easton, the singer and actress, is 64 today. Yep. Uh, Jack Klugman, who played Oscar Madison, he was a Philly guy, uh, was born on this day. One of my favorite shows. One of Quincy. my favorite shows yes. of all time, The Odd Couple. Quincy always yeah, had ladies. He with always Quincy had ladies on the boat, yeah, yeah. Quincy did. Quincy did all right with the uh, with the ladies, yes. The Odd Couple with Tony Randall. I love that show. Yeah. So good. So good. Uh, you know, thank goodness with the with all these TV stations, on now, every now and then it'll pop up. I'll stop what I'm doing and watch an Odd Couple segment. Oh, yeah. it's their, those, those two were perfect casting for one yes, another. They, yes. they were just perfect. Um, Ace Frehley, the guitarist from Kiss, is 72 today. George Gervin, the Iceman. The Iceman coming. Yes. Yes. 71 years young today. Uh, uh, Nick Kyrgios, the, uh, the the tennis player from Australia, is 28 today. Yep. Her Herman Edwards, you play to win the game, is yeah, nine today. Uh, Rogers Hornsby, the great baseball player from way back yep. in the day, mm -hmm. 1896. Keenan Allen, 
the receiver from the Chargers. It's 31 years young. It seems like he's old, way older than that, doesn't it? To me, it does. Seems yeah, like I feel old. like he's been playing since, like, the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> right. Out. He's only 31? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sally Hawkins, the, the actress, is 47 years old today. All right, that's all I got for birthdays. What do you guys have? I got um, Dan Mullen, Mississippi State coach. Oh, yeah. He's 51 today. Okay. Uh, Gary Pinkle. He used to be the coach of uh, Missouri, Mizzou. Right? Yeah, yeah, Mizzou. Yep. He's 71 today. Okay. Uh, Chuck Knox. Yep. Remember the Bills? Yeah. Coach? Yeah. Play yep. Rams also. Yeah. Yep. Um, what a, who else? Is, uh, Donald Penn. Yep. Offensive tackle. Played yep. in uh, Tampa. Tampa Bay. Yeah. 40 years He's old. 40. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, you know, God is close. You know, my heart. Chris Carpenter is 48 with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our guy, Boston Scott, dump truck. There yep. you go. 28 years old today. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Dump truck, 28. Love it. Love it. Love it. Gunner, you got any? Yeah. Samuel Morris, uh, born in 1791, who invented the Morris Code. Wow. Uh, back cool. there. Uh, you Very got cool. William Mosley, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, 36. Wow. Okay. Darren Bennett, uh, in American Pie movies. Uh, he's 32. Uh, Judy Crane. Funny actress, though, born 1939, used to be on the old Rowan and Martin show. Uh, Sandy Dennis, uh, movie, great movie, Up the Down Staircase, an old, old movie, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Uh, she was born in 1937. Uh, Kevin McNally was Gibbs in Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Caribbean, oh, yeah. Yeah. 67. Okay. Uh, Eric Schmidt, do you know the name Eric Schmidt? No. no. CEO of Google is no. 68. Okay. Wow. Cuba Gooding Sr., who was the lead singer of the group, The Main Ingredients. You know, everybody plays a song that's like, everybody plays the fool. Oh, is this? That's yeah, his dad? That's his dad. Cuba Gooding oh, Jr.'s okay. dad okay. was the lead that. singer. Yep. Okay. Jason Whitlock is 56 today. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, like him. Former great major <laughs> leaguer, Eno Slaughter, born back in 1916, played 19 seasons and won four world championships. Cardinals. And uh, former NFL uh, uh, defensive great Leroy Jordan is 82 today. Played 14 seasons all with the Dallas Cowboys. All right, good ones, good ones. Yeah. I, there weren't a lot of movies. You guys tell me if I'm I'm crazy here, but 2018 Avengers: Infinity War. That's but it. There's not much else. Yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah, else is. sucked. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. All right, let's uh, let's circle back to the draft here because that's that's the big thing on the uh, on the docket tonight. Um, all right, give me a feel here, guys. I asked John McMullen the question, but I'll ask you guys. Are we in surprise mode, uh, you know, after tonight? Are we in eh, kind of played out the way I thought mode? Where, where are we? Where do we stand when this thing's uh, all said and done and wrapped tonight? I think we only get one pick in the first round. Yep. I think it's pick number 10. And we stay steadfast and, um, and we draft uh, we draft my boy. Nolan Smith. I'm okay. still going. I'm staying with Nolan Smith. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I am in. I am in surprise mode because of all the scenarios that could happen. If the Eagles do, if the Eagles do have this, you know, you know, the seven-year itch that old saying about the seven-year itch. If they do have the itch and they really want to jump to pick one or two players in the top nine, uh, that would surprise me. If they gave up capital to move up to get the player they wanted. 
depending on how the draft board falls, they could take the third choice at number 10 instead of the first or second choice. And because Howie Roseman, if, if, if three players are gone that they want, they could drop back to the teens or the 20s to get more draft capital with that first pick. So I'm going to stay. I'm, I'm going to be in a surprise mode because Howie Roseman continues to surprise us as he did last year with the number of moves that they made. So I put the word surprise at the top of my, my list right now. I think it's absolutely a surprise. I, I yeah. think he's, um, he's prone to do that anyway. He's prone to be aggressive anyway. Let, let's be real. He also, Howie's on a bit of a heater. So Howie's, Howie's feeling himself a little bit, which is right. going to make him, I think, uber right. aggressive. I'm not saying reckless, but I'm saying aggressive. And I think he's going to be willing to take some chances because he already has a good team. Like, if you had a really bad team, you, you, in some ways, you probably had to stay the course. And, you know, right, you got to right. take an offensive lineman here. I don't think they have to do one thing or the other, which I right. think lends to, you know, you being willing to take some chances. And I think that's what we're going to see. I agree with you 100%, you know. Um, and, and I think what we're we, – obviously, we're honed in on the Eagles, but I think this entire first round is going to be multitude of surprises like we haven't seen in quite some time. Uh, because of the 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 talent, the talent pool, how even across the board is so many positions, the talent pool is there are very few wow factor players in this draft. A lot of good players, potential with potential to be great or exceptional, but because the talent pool is so even across the board, outside of the top ten or twelve players, we're going to be sitting here all night going, "Wow, I never saw this coming. Never thought this would happen." Yeah. You know, there's like there's certain positions, like to me. The cornerback position is, is, is extremely good. The tight end position, we're not talking about them because we don't have we don't need a tight end. Really right, good. Right, right, right. Extraordinary group of three or four tight ends in this draft. I think the offensive of tackle uh talent pool is, is 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 okay also. But I mean, other than that, you know, I mean D line, um, I think the D line besides those one or two guys, one or two guys in the um in the top ten. Right. Very average after that. Very average. You know what I mean? Can't see guys like that. If it had been another draft, they might, they probably would have been late to second round guys, um, you know, in all actuality. So um, you look at the linebacker position. There might not be a linebacker drafted in the first. That's crazy. That's, yeah, it's true. Yeah, so that's, that's, you know, you look at that. Uh, the quarterback positions really, Week to average, um, guard. There might be there might be one guard drafted. I think it's just from, the, how do you look at Skaronski and how do you look at Paris Johnson if you're the yeah. Eagles, right? Do you look at them yeah. as guards or tackles? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So to, I mean, in all actuality, this is not a. I mean, even the wide receiver position, mm -hmm. the receivers could really drop into late first. This is the lowest you're going to see the first wideout go yeah. in years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're talking around the teens, like 1918, right mm -hmm. around there. The kid from um, Ohio, uh, Ohio State. In fact, the kid from TCU, he might be a second rounder this year. Yeah. Yeah. When, when was the last time we went into a draft we weren't hyping up the, the, the collection of wide receivers. I can't remember I mean, having less it. conversation about receivers than we've had. We, Smith and Jigba, uh, every once in a while, the TCU kid, Addison out of USC, but not like like we usually do. Not even right, close. right, right. Mm. I, I, that's what, I wonder, like, I, I, the other thing is, too, guys, if you look at quarterback, 
next year you're gonna have Caleb Williams and the yep. kid Drake May from uh, from UNC. I I'd take either one of those over right. <laughs> over these guys right now. I really you, would. Wait, wait, even over Bryce? Well, I like Bryce, but I worry about his size. Right. I, I, like I, I said, I'd still take him first if I was Carolina in the position right. that they're in. But I, those other guys are, are are big and really good. And then, you know, look at the, uh, the running back position. You know, everybody's looking at the running back position like, you know, um, like it's, it's Bijan and, and then Gibbs. And then after that, it's like eh. – and when you see Bijan – and I'm not, this is another reason why I'm not saying that they'll draft Bijan the first. If I look at Bijan and I put him up with the measurables that we saw with the likes of, uh, you know, uh, even even Zeke. Zeke, when he came out in the first round, Zeke was a monster. Yeah. Zeke had like 200-some yards in the championship game. Saquon Barkley was a monster. Yep. I don't think – Bijan Robinson is up even to their caliber. Oh, don't say that, Brooks. Don't say it. You I'm heard a lot of feelings out there. Don't I'm say serious. it. You look at what he did and the, and the competition that he went against. I can't see him being a guy that you say he's 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 on their caliber. To me, he's not. You know what I'm saying? And I, that's just my my way of looking at it because I was able to see those guys do it week in and week out, yeah. and the production that they had was. Unbelievable! Yeah, look at Saquon's right. look at Saquon's tape. Look at Zeke's tape. His tape is nothing like what I saw from those two guys. Yeah, nothing yeah. like. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It, it is last. That let, let's get on record with this. Do we think? And I know Barrett, you said this, so I know what your answer is, Gunner. I want to get you on this. Is Bijan taken ahead of where the Eagles pick? In your oh man. Barrett says yes. Barrett, what'd you say? Atlanta at eight? Yes, I say it's gonna be an Atlanta at eight. Yep. You think the hype is so great on him right now that somebody's gonna get skittish and say we can't pass up on him? You think so, Brooke? Yeah, I do. Oh, yes. sorry, Ooh, man. I, I I I that would be a wild. I mean, you look at how high Saquon went, okay. You know, you look at how high Zeke went in the draft, okay. Is he is he the next great one? You know, in, a, in an era of football where running backs have been devalued so much, that's a lot of money you paying for a running back. If you pick him in the top eight, when you look at how the money is slotted, that's a lot of money to pay a, a, a running back making a transition from college ranks to the pros. Ooh. It used to be that running backs got paid with quarterbacks. Yes, right? yes. I mean, in fact, Emmitt Emmett and, and – um... Look at Emmett when he was making back there, Ricky Waters. Ricky Waters was making more than all our quarterbacks when um when I played with Ricky. Right, right. So it's different, man. These days are different. Woo. Yeah. I don't know. That's a that's a going Barrett. I I don't know how to respond to that one because I, I've consistently said yesterday and today, I expect outside of maybe the first pick of the draft, unless unless somehow Carolina decides to go with Levis or Stroud over Young. If the consensus across the board nationally has been Young going to Carolina, but because uh, there's so many uncertainties uh, in this draft tonight, I do not put it out of the realm of reality that Bijan could go in the top nine picks. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, look, if and the other thing is, if he ends up as an eagle, you know, I'm sitting here as a host saying thank you. Uh, I'm sitting here. 
you know, as someone who follows the team, they become, it's a very interesting move. Like yep. I'm not, I don't hate it if the Eagles do that. I, I would rather, exactly. them, yeah, I'd rather they do something else. I'd rather they, they address some, another position. Um, but I, I don't mind it. I really don't. I think it's good. It does make for your, a really intriguing team. I will tell you that. And, you know, we were, we were talking to James Palmer about this a little bit earlier. And he said, you know, that, that you just look at it and teams are now in the mode of it's, it's like an arms race. You yeah. just get as yeah. many points as you can get. You'll figure everything else out. That's the way some teams are looking at it. it I agree. If, if you put a Bijan with this Eagles offense, it just makes that offense that much more potent. Um, he's not going to be overused first and foremost. You don't have to worry about this guy getting 25, 28 touches a game. That's not going to happen in this offense. So, Especially outside, not in the first half. Oh, heck no. But outside, outside of getting injured, he should be real fresh come December. Uh, in, in, in whoever off, who's ever offense he lands in, he should be real fresh in December. Um, I, no, let me rephrase that. If he's in the Eagles offense, he should be real fresh in December. Other teams may overuse him. And there may be a wear and tear factor by, by the time he gets to December. Yeah, no question about it. But it, it's going to be um, – if it's Atlanta, yeah, I mean, they're going to – you might be seeing a trade. But, you know, some teams look at it with the two-back thing now too. So maybe Algier works there um, anyway. All right, so um, here's what we have coming up. I know, Barrett, you'll, you'll have, you have all your duties for NBC Sports Philadelphia, but we'll be, uh, we'll be hearing from you at some point tonight, I'm sure. Uh, yes, sir. But what Derek and I, so it'll be uh, Derek, it'll be Seth Joyner, it'll be Mark Farzetta, it'll be John McMullen and myself. And our coverage begins at 8, and we roll this thing all the way until until it's all said and done with the Eagles picking at 1030. You know, it's going to be really interesting the way that this thing shakes itself out. Sure, there's a lot to dive into. There's no doubt about that. So, uh, also, it, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Also, also hey, guys, if you're in the area – um, you know, we're here at Ocean Casino in Atlantic City. We're the top golf facility on level six. If you guys get a chance, come on out, say hi. So we, we'd always like to put a face with a name. You yep. know, all the names and initials we see for the last year. It'd be nice to put a put a put a face with a name. Come on out and say hi. And uh, you know, let's break break a little bread and break a little fat. Yeah, no question about <laughs> it. All right. Uh so that'll do it for us. I want to thank Tony Shields. Uh, producing the program as always thanks to all of you in the chat all of you streaming all of you listening and again we give you a little double dip tonight so uh, hop back in at eight o'clock uh tonight uh to hang out with derek and i and the rest of the crew but don't go anywhere you have the national football show coming up with dan cilio so stay tuned for that everybody have a great rest of your thursday can't wait to talk about it tonight and can't wait to talk about it with you tomorrow for sports day Everybody, have a great rest of your day. For Derek Barrett, I am Rob. Thanks. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, 
Everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.